Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the Dude79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone. Good evening, sir. Hello. How are you? Besides a little sunburn on my noggin, all right? You got a little sunburn on? Oh, yeah, you do. You got a little little red shine to you. About 15 minutes in a parking lot. That's all it took was 15 minutes, all huh? All it took. Yowzas. Thank you so much, Tricky, for that sub. Good evening, Miss Cannon. We see you in there. What is going on? Brian MX in the chat. Uh, Arkenrath, just, that's gross, but okay. Um, yeah, welcome. We have, uh, we've got an exciting show tonight. We got some stuff uh, that we got to talk about. Um, obviously, E3 has come and gone. Uh, we had all of our big shows this weekend. Uh, by and large, E3 somewhat of a disappointment this year with the exception of Microsoft and uh, Nintendo's shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be happy to know that Gearbox put on what is arguably being called the worst E3 showing of all Love time. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. I Just can't, clown on them. I can't believe. Clown on them. I cannot believe clown that on Randy Pitchford would be associated with the worst E3 show. You ever, ever. notice he's got like the cocaine sweats? Dude, he's all, dude, he looks like he is coked out of his gorg oh, every dude. time he's on stage. What a piece of trash. Uh, yes, I heard Koch Media was really, really bad too. But I, but I mean, I think it's better when it's, when it's Gearbox. But, um, yeah, I heard Koch Media's was pretty terrible, too. I actually didn't even bother watching that. But, um, mm. no, I mean, it, there, there was some wild stuff that went on at E3. We've got some cool game reveals that we want to talk about. Uh, we picked out some of the highlights, things that we really liked. Uh, but, obviously, there's a lot of games out there that were revealed this weekend. We want to get you guys and girls' thoughts about us. So, if we're, as we're talking about stuff, if there's something that we don't chime in on and there's something you want to address, please feel free to uh, sound off in the chat. We'll definitely bring it up. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, sound off in the comments. Let us know what you thought were standout titles or maybe what was the most disappointing one. Um, did you see Devolver Showcase? The games might not speak to you, but the presentation. Devolver is just next level, dude. Devolver is on is on a roll. They're doing really, really good stuff. I, I love their presentation. Devolver is just an amazing publisher. They're really, really good at what they do. I agree with you 100% on that. Um, so we've got E3 to talk about. We've got Loki Episode 2 to talk about. Um, good developments there. we got Star Wars Bad Batch Episode 7. And for the la- over the last 24 hours, there have been some very bizarre developments regarding Blue Box Game Studios uh, and their upcoming PlayStation 5 exclusive, um, Abandoned. It's going to require some tinfoil hats, of course, but if you compare it to history, there's a lot to possibly be excited about, and there could be some more bullshit going on, some bits, uh, smoke and mirrors, as Tone would say, mm-hmm. with uh, a, uh, a, a very popular mm-hmm. Japanese creator. Goodness. So uh, we have a really, really good, a really, really good show plan for tonight we got a lot of good stuff to talk about before we get into what we're talking about tone let's talk about what we're drinking i already like it better than the normal oberon i'm gonna be very honest this is the uh, tropical oberon uh with the mango the guava and passion fruit oh damn because everybody's been drinking it and i've been wanting to grab a four pack and that's really good i like oberon i don't overly love oberon but i love it and respect it it's bells it's local it's it's a summer beer so you gotta have I've had I, when Oberon came out this year. First thing I did, oh, Oberon's out. Grab a sixer, pay your respects like you do to your elders. Cheers, Jay Hill. Well, holy shit, this is good. Sell it in six packs instead of four, please. It's Tricky's favorite this summer. This is his favorite. It's Excellent. it's really good. That's great guys. to hear, it's, man. It yeah, goes it's, down it's really smooth. Good. It's got good flavor. Mm-hmm. It's what I've I've always liked Oberon. So I mean, to have them have something different, yeah, absolutely. I think it's really it's, really it's good. Really, 
good for them. So Cuddles, thank you so much for that. Appreciate that. Yeah, I do want to do a couple call outs real quick. I know we don't do this too often or to get too crazy about it, but you guys are already doing some things out there, which we appreciate. But uh, Miss Cannon is out there. Please give her a follow if you haven't. Uh, she's been streaming for a long time as well, too. Uh, 70 Dungeons brought in that raid right beforehand. Yes, appreciate he that. He is our pre-show, he claims, uh, which I do enjoy. <laughs> he is our pre-show. <laughs> His community plays uh, Phasma, Phasma, uh, Phasmagoria. Whatever. Something like yeah, that. That's ghost stuff. Um, give him a follow as well, too. King Cuddles is always. That's no, not even real. King Cuddles is always out there, too, uh, supporting us as our booth boy, our towel boy, our cabana boy. That's actually Blanco. But uh, give those folks some follows as well, too. A lot of you guys out there streaming, we appreciate you. So, uh, Quick update for next week. We will be doing uh, – we've got a couple of things planned for next week, actually. Do we? Uh, possibly. We're still waiting to work out the final details. But obviously next week, Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance drops on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. It's a part of Game Pass. Uh, four of us picked it up, and we're going to possibly stream it next week. We're we're targeting Tuesday, but obviously we got to uh, make sure everyone's schedules line up. But uh, we might be doing a stream on Tuesday night. Uh, myself, you, uh, Tricky, Seven Dungeons yeah, himself. Yeah, dress in there. So uh, it might have to be an earlier stream. That's probably where we got to get into the logistics or the specifics because a Seventy Dungeons typically goes to bed at like nine. Well, he's 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 like grandpa's in bed for real. I'm on vacation next week, so I'll be drunk, so I'll be ready to go whenever yeah, yeah. and go until whenever. It's be so running cranked. It don't matter to me, baby. I will be uh, pumped. Don't forget, everyone, that the 50th episode is going to be a hot tub stream. That's the rumor. That is the not going to happen. That's, Sorry. That's the rumor. I can't make you any promises, but that would be kind of hot. Be like yeah, two, it'd be, be, it would basically be two like bears in a tub. No one in, in their right fucking mind wants to view that. Cuddles, oh, Cuddles does. Yeah, well, of sure. course Cuddles does. Cuddles totally does. Absolutely. Cuddles would like Cuddles would do a, a tier 3 sub if we did that. He would do he would go tier 3, bro. What is half ass saying? He's doing what? Half ass currently watching this while in the shower drinking a beer. He's in the shower watching this right now. That's fucking hot. That's that's hot, dude. I appreciate that. How you doing? You should be doing a stream as well. He probably is streaming. Don't he's a pee in the tub. He's a pee in the shower guy, I bet. Well, I mean, there's a drain. If you got to go, you got to go. Yeah, my, my son believes in that. He's a big fan of uh, peeing in the tub. Yeah, and he, and he lets everyone know. What's going on in there? I'm peeing. Oh, great. Good. Wait, 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 wait. Is that why he's getting washed or is that no just... he just climbs in the tub and pisses are you, are no, you I'm, just oh, I'm joking i'm joking all right sweet <laughs> daddy's on the on the toilet so he just goes in the hot uh, into the into the into the tub and takes a leak no he does not do that he he waits till it's shower time that's gnarly so anyway. we got that planned for hopefully tuesday night we'll let you guys know you guys yeah. and girls know for sure once we get closer to the date that's the plan is to check out the four-player co-op in dark uh uh Jesus, what's it called i don't know Dark Dungeons and Dragons, Dark Alliance. Yes. So we'll be checking that out hopefully Tuesday night. Wednesday night, we will not do a proper episode of Banter and Babble. However, however, we will be doing another community night with Among Us because going live today, the 15-player lobby. We can have 15 people in a lobby, so we're going to go big next Wednesday for a community night, Among Us, extra, extra large edition. Yeah, you like that, don't you? Mm-hmm. XXL edition, baby. 15 players. That is 15 too, 15 too many players. Yeah, we'll find out, Cuddles. Cuddles will be there. Cuddles will definitely be there. So that's the plan for next uh, Wednesday night. So no proper episode. We will go into community night and then right. be back the following week. And honestly, like, listen, I know everybody here, this is the aesthetic you're used to, the format. If you haven't at least stopped in and said hi or watched a little bit of 
an Among Us night with this community. It gets raunchy. And, uh, and, and it's honestly, a good time. It's a we're going to have a call-in tonight. Uh, this is going to be really difficult. We're going to have a call-in for the That's Loki the segment. Rumor. And uh, it is my arch nemesis, mm-hmm. Megara, mm-hmm. who always makes it a point to fucking kill me right away. She hunts me down purposely. She hunts me down. But she, dude, she'll run by everybody else and kill me and then report herself and be like, no, really, I didn't. So the game ends. She just wants to kill me. Uh-huh. So I'm knocked out. It's kind of weak. Uh, Jay Hill asks, is Among Us on PS5? Not yet. It'll be out there later this year, uh, as well as on Xbox. So it is heading to consoles. It's currently only on Nintendo Switch, phone, and PC, but it will be hitting PlayStation and Xbox platforms sometime later this year. We're really excited for that because that's just going to allow even more people to join us. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Wow. Really? I mean... That's a good thing, right? I Not with this fucking community. Are you kidding yeah, me? That's true. This, com- this community is sus. Uh, no, they're not even sus. They're just dirtbags. Oh, yeah. That's why we love you. That's why we love you. That's why you're here, because we're dirtbags, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially this guy. Oh, hey, absolutely. He's a fucking dirt cement bag. That's yeah. what he is. He's a, he's a real scumbag. Wow. I know. <laughs> Get off on saying that. Uh, so, yes. So, those are the plans for next week. Um, What else do we got? I think that's it. I'm going to get into the news. Let's get into the E3 stuff. I think we should talk about our weekend. Oh, fuck. Stop. Just saying. You're absolutely right. I'm full of shit. Electric Panther, thank you so much for that subscription. I appreciate you. I forgot about what we're playing, and we forgot about the side quest. Thank fucking the maker that I'm here. Let's go to the side quest first, because that was kind of big news. Let's get to that. So so this last weekend, uh, as you see, that is our sweet album cover that's dropping really soon. Unfortunately, the dude uh, had things going on, which was basically trying to handle his, his uh excellent Kids. children. Yeah. Um but as you see, uh Drastin 70 Dungeons finally was able to make it up this way for the year now that everybody's all vaxxed. Uh and we do our beer trade which once again he crushed me on by probably 10 or 15 beers and bought t- uh, doubles and triples of some. So, uh dude has one tonight. He's going to share here. I'm sure he's going to get excited when he drinks oh, yeah. it later. Um and then one. uh we did a trade uh very lackluster on my end, but we appreciate him anyways. But uh, and him and uh, half-ass did so. Uh, we were originally gonna try to get together with dude, but dude had a lot going on, so we did a, a, a little beer quest. And while we're kind of goofing around talking about it, we called it beer quest side quest. Wow, so, clever! Was that your idea? We don't need to take that heat, boys, because we had a good time, didn't we? Uh, we went to Eastman Party Store in uh, Midland, which um, definitely, definitely would prefer over Cork and Ale here because they oh, let you re- do, really well. They let you do singles. Oh, you don't have to just buy the four. You, you can buy. It's singles. like going to Horcruxes. Horrocks. Horcrux. Do you get the fucking no, name right? God, not. you sit Horcrux. there and do it like, hey, here's a here's a beer Horcrux. quest number one. You can't no. even pronounce her name right. No, I pronounce it right. It's Horcrux. You're a joke. So you go to Eastman's. You get to take whatever you want, unless it's in a box. Uh, so that was great. That was the first time there. People have been mentioning that for a while. I had a good time. Um, but then we went to the Witchcraft uh, Tap Room downtown. Uh, you know, a lot of beers that you're normal or you've seen around, you know, so it's not any, not an actual brewery clearly, but it's just a nice place to go there. Well, you know, have a drink or two, have an appetizer, sure. which is what we figured out was the actual side quest. So beer quest normally will be a planned out excursion. You, me and half ass will go. It'll be a day. We go to a brewery, maybe an eatery and do a full like kitten caboodle on the video, yeah, yeah, yeah. things like this. We did some video, did some photos, which half ass will get out sometime later this week and we'll show you guys that soon. Uh, or whenever you can, I don't know if later this week, but if it's not by Friday or Saturday, I'm going to yell at him. Just kidding. Don't care. Uh, but uh, the the appetizers were the side quest. That was what we were looking for, apparently. I want to hear about lives. the appetizers again. We had 
this this dip that was basically as Jurassic said was like a burrito in a bowl. Mm. It was chorizo sausage and like this cream cheesy taco seasoned dream of awesome with these amazing uh, tortilla chips and then the pretzel sticks were like this long looked like a caterpillar and yeah they did they were huge pub cheese and dijon mustard came with them huge thing of pub cheese it, it was it was unbelievable so that was really the win overall for us and then when we uh left there we drove out to uh mountain town brewery which has one of my favorite beers in the craft beer excursions i took many years ago the Raspberry, the Rail Yard Raspberry. Ooh, okay. Really, really good beer. Uh, I finally got to have it on draft. The food was real meh, especially for the price, but I oh, no. did get to finally try a Scottish egg, and it wasn't <gasps> weird. Did you have a Scottish egg? And it was awesome. Describe it. It was delicious. It's Describe it. it was, How'd they do it? How'd they do it? So sausage and around the egg and deep fried, of course. It was warm sausage. Oh, oh my God. Right, go ahead. Wow. Um, yeah, and, and it came with like a sauce. I don't know what it was, but it was so good you didn't have to. He had to force me because I was, well, the picture you had shown before looked like a runny Cadbury egg, man. <laughs> like, it was not something I was excited about. So I had to, uh... yeah, yeah. I did almost, that's a whole other story. I did not tell you about that. There was a waitress that was definitely uh, Oh really? much older than me, and she was. Like, uh, okay, how old are we talking? Oh, she was, what would you say, half-assed? She must have been near mid-50s, maybe. Oh, that's not that's not old, man. Not not at my age. I guess, yeah, I'm fucking... Yeah, at my yeah. age, that's like, oh, cool, she's a senior. I'm a freshman. That's the way I look at it, man. But no, that that's... Do it, Scottish eggs are choice. Oh, you're, I, you're, if good. you have more than one, your doctor's like, what the fuck are you doing? But I, dude, Scottish eggs... Well, well, the pizza we had, which was, the reason I got the pizza was because it had a stone oven. Oh, like, well, why I mean, would yeah. you not do that? You got a stone oven. It was only pizza. about this big around, and it was like fourteen or fifteen bucks. Mm-hmm. And it was my 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 margarita was very disappointing. Like Mar- was, man, they fu- how do you fuck up a margarita? Right, because if you're gonna eat the sauce, the sauce has to be great. Oh. And it was it was okay, but um, half ass got the spicy pepperoni one. It had the spicy little pepperonis and fresh cut jalapenos on it. Uh. He made the right choice. Dude, I saw that picture of that one. That would look fucking really dope, fucking dude. Good. So that's what we did Saturday. It was a good time. Wish you could have been there. But beer quest, side quest, it'll be these random ones with a, not much direction necessarily, as opposed to the <laughs> That's why I'm not involved. Because uh, <laughs> dad's involved. There's no bathroom breaks. There's, yeah, 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 yeah. Ain't none of that shit. But we got a quota to meet. Good time. So, yeah. Um. Other than that, man, we, I don't know. I really haven't been playing a whole lot. I've dialed well, back because you're on your Marvel, you're still you're still uh, boycotting Avengers until they fix it. True, but as we know, a certain little game came out last week that we've been playing. You yes, beat. I did beat it because it's five hours long. Because, well, no, it's it's like twelve hours. Plus, it was one game I knew I could play around my kids all weekend. True, keep them busy and occupied. True. And uh, yeah, we ended up playing Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart uh, from Insomniac Games. Who are my, my by the way. There was a, 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 a gentleman on Twitter who is a, um, an artist for Insomniac, and somebody was like, oh, my gosh, Rift Apart looked great. You did great. And he goes, well, actually, no. He goes, I only worked on Miles Morales. I took a break from Rift Apart, and I'm working on Redacted. Insomniac's already on another game. A fucking course. Dude, they're, they're animals. Insomniac is an app. And he goes, he goes, I'm already on a new game because that's you know our title's Insomniac. We don't sleep. Well, and like Zadder, uh, Jay McKenzie has said before, they have like great reviews for employees. Oh, absolutely. Like, they treat their people well, and they just keep churning out like old records. So, 
But uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about a Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. Um, this game is definitely a showpiece for the PlayStation Five. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, Demon Souls is a beautiful looking game, no doubt. Demon Souls looked absolutely amazing. Returnal is a beautiful looking game in, in the way it's 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 it, it's it's designed. But Ratchet and Clank, in my opinion, is the game so far right now that really shows off the capabilities of the PlayStation Five oh, in yeah. terms of the visuals, the haptic feedback, uh, the 3D audio. It the 3D audio is superb. It is absolutely superb. The game sounds fucking incredible. If you have headphones that you can plug into your controller, just stereo headphones, or a 3D Pulse headset, pop those bitches on and just get ready to be immersed. Uh, and that uh, mixed in with the haptic feedback and the dual sense and all that stuff, it's an incredibly immersive game. But yeah, there's there's options. There's different options in the game. There's a, a, a fidel- high fidelity mode. There's a performance ray tracing mode and a regular performance mode. I went and tried out the 4K fidelity mode that's at 30 frames. Tried it for about five minutes. I was like, no, this ain't happening. Went back to the performance ray tracing because we saw in Spider-Man Morales and Spider-Man Remastered, once they added in the uh, performance ray tracing, that's when you were like, yeah. okay, this this is how these games really should look. And, yeah, the, yeah, it's not a 4K image. It's not a 4K, but it's 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 a beautiful image. Yeah, 4K 30 is the fidelity mode. Uh, I believe the performance ray tracing is 1440 at 60 frames with ray tracing, and it's it's face melting good. It, it looks like you're playing a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's it's the best looking game this gen. It blows away anything on any of the platforms. It is by and large the best looking game this gen. Uh, so far, early on, obviously. Now, in terms of its story, I don't know if it's like game of the year worthy in terms of its story. I thought Resident Evil 8, which I just beat this weekend too, um, I just finished that. That had a really, really good story. I really liked Resident Evil uh, Village. That, that game is fucking dope. Uh, uh, much better. I, I thought 7 was good, but I thought it was much better than 7. Uh, but Ration and Clank, in terms of like just being an immersive, fun, exciting experience, it's fucking awesome. It's it's fun to play. Obviously, Ratchet. You know, the, you know, I saw one reviewer mention this, and I thought it was an interesting point, and I kind of agreed with it. You have Ratchet and you have Rivet, but they essentially play the same. I kind of wish there would have been some differences in how they fight and you know their combat, and she their had movements. A robot arm. Yeah, but I mean, it was still it was essentially they were essentially Cosmetic. the same thing, which would have been something that would have been cool had they could have explored them a little bit differently because you're basically all using the same guns, um, which again is another highlight when it comes to. Not only Ratchet and Clank games, but Insomniac games in general. You look at Resistance, had the same thing. All these just wildly exotic guns that all do all these different things, and they all work in different ways. And as you're ranking them up, their names will actually change because they – they improve so much more. They do so much more damage, and they and they work in different ways. There's like I don't even know. There's like four. Sir, you know how when you go through your weapon wheel, you can have up to like three weapon wheels of weapons. Like there's a lot of fucking weapons. Oh, in this it's game. like that. I didn't know. There's that. a ton of fucking weapons, and they all have like these different abilities. And it's just a really, really fun, exciting game to play. Um, you know when you're when you're grinding on the rails around the levels at 60 frames, it's a beautiful game. Switching Draw. between the different wor- universes is seamless. It's it's an impressive game. Like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, it's an impressive game. Now, will this be a game I will talk about at the end of the generation? Probably not. I mean, it's a good jumping off point. It's a good idea. It gives you an idea of what the system's capable of. But I'm sure by the end of the generation, Insomniac and most of these other first party studios are gonna get more out of the system. They're really gonna blow our mind. But for the first year. This is by and large the best looking game, uh, the best running game that's that's out on PlayStation's platform and on next gen uh, systems in general. Uh, we have obviously the rest of the year remains to be seen, but right now it is a, it is a fantastic game. It is fucking awesome. Yeah, 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 definitely. How far are you into it? 
I just got to the third area, I think. Okay, yeah. Um, I think there's like six or seven planets you can get yeah, it's, to. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, I really... Shit, I can't even think last time. I, I tried playing the Ratchet and Clank that came out in 2016, the, 16, the, the yep. remaster. Um, Ratchet and Clank's have never been a game I've been overly like fond of or really played a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not a lot going on right now, and I, I think I'm at this, at this 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 spot in my life where I'm just looking for either different or revisiting some certain things. So, um, this kind of hits the spot right now yep. because it's not too overly serious. I'm not really worrying about like. I'll die a couple times and be like, oh, this is fucking stupid game. Yeah, it's then, a forgiving you know. re- game in that regard. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you yeah. die, it just spawns you back where you're at and you just move on. However, so. I will say, the bullshit with the fucking snails and you're trying to find shit. Well, the Skeetles or the Speedles? Yeah, when you're running into shit and you, like, boom and you fall off. and you It's called start, slow down, Tone. Shut the fuck up. It's a Skeetle. Slow down and turn, dude. But uh, it's it's a beautiful game. Uh, oh, it's very God. gorgeous. Uh, the the draw distance and everything going on in the background when Jurassic and I were watching the it. The worlds are so dynamic. It's, too. It's, yeah, it's there's so much. It's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, good time. Uh, I just my only complaint is the question's been coming up a few times. Even people in the chat have mentioned it. Is it worth the seventy dollars for the time that you get to play this game? I think that's a very fair debate. I you know I'll be the judge at the end of it, I guess. But I honestly, it, seventy dollars is a tough sell for me. Anything under twelve, fifteen hours. Just being very blunt about that. If it's not like some form of live service or it's a story game, like I know that sometimes that's how that works. But if the price is going up a little bit too, I want a little bit more gameplay with that as well too. Yeah, and and and, and I agree with him on that. I do. I felt like it was worth seventy bucks. The quality, it's a high quality game, you know. And there's there's a new game plus. I haven't unlocked all the weapons. I haven't unlocked all their abilities, so I can go through on new game plus. There's some optional stuff I haven't done yet, so. I can still go through and, and get some time out of it. So for you my won't. money, I thought it was absolutely worth it. Um, you got more pixels for that extra ten bucks. I mean, I, I it looked like it. I know there ain't I nothing know, like that on PlayStation. The particle shit 4. that's going on there is pretty gnarly. Yeah, it's fair. there's a lot going on on screen, and it, and the game just holds up so well. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like I said, some of the weapons, as you rank them up, they start doing some major like area of damage effects. And the game just 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 moves along nicely. It's just it's a beautiful looking game in motion, you guys. If you have an HDR display, it's gonna melt your face. It's a showpiece. It's a it's a demo type of game that you're gonna show off to your friends and family. Like, this is why you want a PS5. It's fun as hell. It looks great. Definitely a big fan of it. And big yes, fan. yes, Ark and Wrath, This is the actual PlayStation disc because we know yeah. PlayStation's the size of a fucking truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still doing his bits? Oh yeah, he's always doing bits. Always well, doing it's bits. just too bad they're not any good. All right. Moving on to the first and pretty much the main topic of the evening. Talk about E3, dude. E3 has come and gone. It sure has. And uh, I'll be the first to admit, I didn't even watch all the presentations. I just watched the videos after the fact. That's what I do. I mean, I watched the Microsoft one and I watched the Nintendo one. I didn't watch any of the other ones. I just went and watched the videos that came out after the afterwards. I was like, okay, this looks cool. This doesn't. Yeah, my, 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 my guys uh, kind of dropped the ball as well, too. Oh, really? Yeah, Squaresoft. Oh, I, heard, I, I heard they were kind of square soft. Wow. Yeah, well, that's me. But Showing that age. Yes, sir. But, yeah, they kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Uh, hardly anything on 16, and they're going to release the original 1 through 6 and put them on fucking Steam and mobile there's a when lot those of games already exist on those fucking platforms after them. Uh, there's a lot Get of people Get the happy fuck out. Like, square Enix, what the fuck are you thinking about? Listen, grandpas want to play those with a little bit modernization potentially on a fucking modern console. Why? Because we fucking can. Print that shit on disc or not make it downloadable. I don't give a fuck, but why the hell would they fucking make that decision? I don't fucking know. I'd love to see their defense on that, though. There's a lot of people that aren't pleased with that. They should be. Listen, I know it's not my fucking company, 
but some of us have been through, uh, I don't know, the spirits within. Give us a little something. Well, Enix wasn't through that, but give us, come on, man. What the fuck is that shit? Like, it's pretty ridiculous that an entire fan base is clamoring over this, and that tells me that. If, if, if it's on mobile, if it's on mobile, at least, how is it not on Switch? At the very you know, at least. At the very least. If you want to be if you want to be cool about it and put it somewhere, make it edgy, Dude. put it on the Switch. I would have been happy with it. I would have checked it out. Do we do we forget these things came on fucking sixteen and thirty two bit systems or eight bit even? Like it's not that hard to port them to a fucking PlayStation. And you don't tell me it is because it's not. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. I'm, no fucking way. No, nah, that, that that's it's just again, that's just Square just doing some weird it's shit with Final Fantasy. Unbelievable. And... No, hardly any sixteen news. You know, sixteen last year and nothing. Yeah, no, that's on, that, that was man. bizarre. It was a bizarre press conference. Uh, Brian MX lists the games he liked. Uh, he he thought a Plague Tale Requiem. I still have not played a Plague Tale, uh, the first one. Um, and actually, there's I rumors. Didn't want to play that. Actually. There's, there's rumors that's going to be a plus game next month. I hope uh, so because I always a remastered really, version of it, mind you. It, it always really intrigued me. So uh, that one he thought stood out. Rainbow Six Extraction. I was intrigued by that one, but it didn't really blow me away. I mean, it's it's it is what it is. There, Stalker Two. I am curious about Stalker Two. I'm not familiar with the first one, but I love the Chernobyl setting. I think that's pretty sweet. Definitely. Is that the big or Xbox? No, was that the it's not Chernobyl? Is it Chernobyl? Or am I thinking of Chernobyl? I'm thinking of Chernobyl. Uh, I don't think Stalker talking about the there. one that was. Uh, There's one. It's a big Xbox, Xbox. The big first well, Xbox it's, one. It's not. It's not an exclusive. It's. It's gonna be like three or four months at the most. But yeah, both all those companies do that shit. Like, it's. It's a. It's a that console launch exclusive shit. You know. It's so. It's so. But I mean, I get it. It's gonna be there first, and it looks good. Like it looks really good. I just don't know anything it's about one it. That was in Russian. Yeah. That's. Yeah. There you go. That's the Russian one. Yeah. Yeah. It looked yeah. Pretty good, but it was also. I don't know. And the Guardian of the Galaxy game that by Idos. Listen. Uh-oh. Now, here we go. He's not happy with it I want either. to point out that both Eidos and Crystal Dynamics have touched Tomb Raider, and so far, one of them has kind of ruined Marvel. So, Oh. Just saying. But, yeah, Metroid is a big one for me as well, too. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll be, we'll definitely, we, we want to show the Metroid video tonight. We want to talk about it. I mean, we'll talk about it. We, we can't really throw it up because Nintendo's being very mean about that stuff right now. Weird. They're not being very clear about what you can show oh, or what you weird. can't show. I know you couldn't co-stream the actual Nintendo press conference, oh, the direct. Weird. But I don't know if we can actually even post a video without them taking our channel down and banning us. We're from not going to dive too deep in Nintendo, so everybody, sorry that they're. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about. There was some cool stuff. In the, there was actually some really good stuff in the Nintendo Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for the most part, uh, we won't be addressing that here because Nintendo's mean like that. Um, but anyways, let's jump into the first uh, thing that kind of popped up, and this was at the this was the closing holy shit moment of uh, the Summer Game Fest that Jeff Keighley hosted on Thursday night. And that is we finally not only got a trailer, not only was it a gameplay trailer, but we also got a release date for Elden Ring. There was no, dude, look, I knew like Elden Ring was to the point where everyone was kind of like, does this game even fucking exist anymore? Is this thing even alive? And I mean, at the same time, you can't really doubt from software. They're pretty fucking good at what they do. So you can't really see them canceling games. But I mean, it's been a while since we had seen or heard anything about Elden Ring. So when Keely brings out this trailer at the end, everyone's like, oh, cool, a trailer. It's a decent length trailer with with a lot of gameplay. Yeah, surprisingly. And and a release date of January. Dude, this game comes out in like seven months. That's how close we are to this game. That's fucking nuts, dude. Great time. 
Brian MX says, if there's an actual story for this game, I'm in. If it's all Souls game stories, then I'm out. But see, that's the thing, man. Obviously, this this game has Souls elements. It's from from software. Um, what's cool though is colla- the collaboration between From Software and George R. R. Martin. So hopefully that will lead to some story, you know, to kind of make up for the combat. A, fin- a story that's not completely finished. But, a story that's not completely finished. Uh, but no, there was a, a lot of good information that came out about this game that explained a little bit more than what I, because when I first watched this trailer, I was like, okay, it's a Souls game. And I've got about six other of these games that kick me in the balls that I haven't even finished. Probably won't get this. But some details came out about it. There's a lot more to this game that's intriguing to me. Now, it doesn't mean I'm going to pick it up. It doesn't mean I'm going to be any good at it because I fucking suck at these games. But first of all, this world that they've created is beautiful. This is something I think you and I both agree. This is a world you kind of want to get lost in. Yeah, I'm, I'm really on the fence about it still. But if it's a Souls hard game, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, the Souls element scares him off because he's, he's, he's a big baby. Yeah. Now, here's some of the details that came out of this. And, again, this is really interesting stuff because it's not Souls-esque in, in that regard. Some of these details you don't typically find in a Souls game. Um, but we'll start off, like, here's the list of stuff that we do know for sure. Uh, there are six main areas in the world, each controlled by a demigod boss and containing a more traditional dungeon. Mm. Uh, there is now mounted combat. So as you can see, there's multiple scenes where you're riding around on a horse. There is mounted combat. Now, the one part where I'm interested in is there is multiplayer, meaning there is co-op is confirmed to support four players. Now, I know in the previous, like in some of these other games, you can invade a person's world. I don't know how in-depth the co-op is, but this sounds much more substantial. Four-player co-op. It's unclear if invasions are a thing in this game, but four-player co-op in an open-world Souls game kind of piques my interest a little bit. Now, I'm I'm kind of interested. When you mention co-op in something like this, Okay, now now I'm listening because I fucking suck at these games. But if I can bring in somebody, not you, who is actually good at these Souls games, that can kind of carry me through the tougher spots. Yeah. All right, man. Now now I'm listening. Uh, You can summon the spirits of dead enemies and use them in battle. That's pretty cool. I like this a lot. There's a stealth system, which is intriguing as well. Which is very intriguing because I, you know, maybe I just I I probably play these games wrong, but a lot of these games there's not a whole lot of stealth. Once you get to a certain distance. Whether they're facing you oh, or not, combat. they pick up on you and they're coming after you right away. So the fact that there's some stealth elements to this game, there's a stealth system. Okay, I'm, I'm interested now. There's a fast travel system, which is interesting. Now, there's not typically too many fast travel Very interesting. So a fast travel system. So this is more of an open world style game with some Souls elements. Uh, your horse looks to materialize out of thin air and has the ability to leap up sheer cliff faces. And we saw that just a moment ago. We saw the horse like just basically going up like a 90-degree angle or like a 180-degree angle. I was like, oh, okay. Skyrim horse tricks. Skyrim horse tricks. Uh, there are characters with their own unique motivations for helping or hindering the player's progression. Uh, players will choose the fate of this cursed land by unraveling its secrets and myths. So that's, that's interesting. Uh, Bandai Namco reiterates, it is an RPG with a wide variety of weapons, magical abilities, and skills found throughout the world that let you choose your playstyle. So that's kind of cool. You can kind of tweak your character to your more, more of your playstyle, which, again, is part of some of the Souls games, but you're kind of restricted a little bit. But this sounds like you might have a little bit more freedom in this game. And this part is, uh, is somebody, is people that cover more than just video games. Bandai Namco might have some spinoff material planned based on this press release quote from President Yasuo Miyakawa, 
Uh, he said, we will continue to develop Elden Ring not only as a game, but also in a variety of other areas in order to deliver the worldview and charm of this title to our fans around the world. Well, that's interesting. So, we look at, I mean, I think stuff like anime or, yeah, or I mean, something like anime, that'd be pretty fucking dope to kind of get your lore outside of the game. Yeah, I would I would think that'd probably be one of the best routes. I mean, less money involved than that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. I gave him one of those uh, uh, peach cobbler sours there, 7D. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's delicious. That is really good. This is a, is a Duclaw Brewing Company, Sour Me, mm. Peach Cobbler. It is 5.5, ale with brown sugar, cinnamon, nutmeg, and peach puree. That is fucking good. Yeah, that's a great beer. That is really, really good. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, I should probably bring him one of these. But no, I'm I'm really interested. Like, I'm, I'm again, I was really shocked that we got to see a, tra- a gameplay trailer as well as a release date of January for Elden Ring. There was a lot of speculation. People weren't even sure if this thing was gonna fucking show up. But here we are, it's six crazy, months, seven man. months out from launch. Yeah, I, I honestly like I, I I don't know. I I was. Always one of those people that too skeptical. Like this is gonna be like, what was the one fucking uh, that they were having develop a Xbox exclusive that got uh, canned, scorched or scorn? Scorn? No, was that's that? still that's still a thing. Well, well, no, one of them. It was like it was like an open world like. Are you dragon about the dragon pl- one? Yeah, that was the- Platinum Games. That wasn't yeah. from software. No, I know it was from software, but I'm saying like that was another game that kept alluding around. People got yeah, hyped yeah. about, and then they yanked it away. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Here, and now yeah. here we are. Like what this is fuck, actually. What, a- what was the name of that game? The Dragon Games. Anyone on the chat? trying to remember what the hell that was called oh my god i just did a big fucking dude there were so many people hyped about because it was scale bound there scale-bound. you go scale bound thank you brian that's, thank you yeah, yeah scale bound there was scale-bound. a lot of hype behind that yeah, shit yeah everybody and was then excited just canceled like, well, it was wow. a big like it was a big unique rpg exclusive to the xbox which is something they need is big wins on like exclusivity yeah. uh and and it just <laughs> everywhere so well you know what remember. they do to, to to remedy that they went out and they bought fucking uh bethesda Brings us to our next game. Cool. This will fill that void. Tell this will give you your RPGs that you want. Will it though? But I'm not talking about Skyrim, and I'm not talking about Fallout. But I am talking about Starfield. And uh, we got a trailer. Now I'm going to be kind of a negative Nancy here. This trailer really didn't do anything for me. No. The CG CG trailer. Um. Cool premise, like it, it, it nails the vibe. You know, it, it, the lead artist said uh, the game's aesthetic could be summarized as a NASA punk. The style of Starfield's first trailer is an explicit homage to the look and feel of NASA from 1969 space landing era. So I see that, and I mean, look, it's cool. I mean, I'm glad we got we kind of got a feel for what it's it's space, and there's a rocket taking off, and they land, and Okay, but you know we still want detail. I, I I like CG trailers to a degree, but for the most part, when it's something like this, when it's something from Bethesda, I want a trailer that explains what the fuck is going I on. Want, I want gameplay. Like, listen, most developer studios these days put out great looking games or good looking games or whatever you want to say. You know, and we expect a trailer or, or a CG trailer to look good, right? Right. Absolutely. You want to hook me, talk about it, give me some fucking gameplay. Like, I want to know what the gameplay is like. I care more about that typically than this sort of shit. So, well, I mean, and here's the thing Scott, uh, Todd Howard uh, compared, said this is very much kind of like either a Skyrim or a Fallout in space. Now, that could 
hit you one way or the other. You could be like, oh, well, I don't fucking care about Fallout or Skyrim. Now I'm not interested. But I do know you're a, you're a space guy. You like SpaceX. But you're I, into the sci-fi and yep, all that shit. I'm, this I'm is different shit, than the yep. fantastical, mm-hmm. gritty worlds of Fallout and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And Todd Howard describes Starfield as being set 300 years in the future. It's grounded more in reality than the the fantastical, gritty settings of the mo- of the games we've talked about. Uh, he also alluded to some heady themes for the game beyond simple exploration and and or conquest. Now, this is where I'm talking about. Like, I want a good immersive story. I want something to complement the space travel and the space exploration and all that shit. And uh, you know, he kind of mentioned he goes, when you look up in the sky, there's this drive to know what is out there. Are we alone? What are the origins of space and time and all those things? What role does religion play in some of that as well? So we do get into some big questions. I think a game like this is a good place to do that. That sounds interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, maybe they'll talk about, you know, where we come from or what's the purpose of what we're doing, you know, and all this. There's a lot of different things that they can explore there, and I think that stuff is really interesting. Which is like why Prometheus is cool. Prometheus you know, is that, cool. It's kind of that stuff, you know, it's kind of they, they kind of add a twist to that kind of thought process and like, where we come from. Sure. But, I mean, honestly, there's even a great series you can watch on HBO called Raised by Wolves that also would kind of piece of shit. I have not heard of it. Sounds made up. Uh, the <laughs> game will focus on the player as a member of a constellation, uh, the last group of space explorers heading off into the cosmos. The game structure is kind of like Skyrim where you're able, where you're going to be who you want to be. And then there's different factions that you can join and really carve your own path. So, you know, you talk about the Skyrim, you talk about the different factions, you can either side with them, work against them, and whatever decisions you make will affect your relationship with them, how they react to you. But again, you're taking this out of the fantastical setting of Skyrim and you're putting it into a more gritty, not gritty, but more grounded in reality space exploration. Obviously, it's 300 years in the future, so there's going to be some hot, heavy sci-fi elements to it. Ivy sex. But I want to get your thoughts, Tony. I mean, this is obviously I know you're not a huge Bethesda guy. Right. You're not a huge Fallout Preface Skyrim that. guy. Yep. But when you take those types of Western RPGs and you combine them with something like Starfield, which is again based around more of the stuff you're into, SpaceX and exploration and what's what's out there, does this appeal to you at all? Are you kind of excited I'm about it? I'm actually this? excited about it, yeah. Um I think that it's definitely something clearly it's in my wheelhouse. It's it's definitely I'm excited about it, but Again, it's it's hard for me to be super, super excited because it is Bethesda. And for right. me, like, two things. One, I think Bethesda, and they're not alone on this, but just they, their games always come out glitchy as fuck. Sure. But two, Bethesda games never really get me overly excited. Like, I, I that's why I need to know gameplay. Like, how is this going to play? Is it going to be more like Skyrim or more like Fallout or a mix between the two? Or is it going to be its own thing? So that's going to be really important for me to sell me into saying – Hey, I want to buy. Well, it's going to be a Game Pass game. I'm guessing, right? Oh yeah, it's all, yeah, so, all coming to Game Pass. So I mean, yep. there's a win for me because I've got Game Pass, so I'll be able to play it regardless and give it a, a shot. So um, I, I definitely am excited about it. I am, I, I am, you know, very curious on, you know, uh, if it's something like Mass Effect where you have the options to travel around and do stuff and see different. I mean, that things. sounds like there's a lot of right. exploration. And even though I'm like. First person stuff sometimes is a hard sell for me. Third and first person. Oh, that's right. That's right. Third that's and right. first person. Which yep. is which is big for me because as much as I loved Cyberpunk and that's controversial, I know, but um, <laughs> that's trash. Being a first person, I did actually enjoy it being in that route, but I would have preferred what third person. Uh, but I think this game's got a lot of potential, and I'm I'm you know I am excited. Yes, Space Skyrim. Just Lacey, what's going on, girl? Welcome. Uh, but no, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm interested. I'm curious, but you know, you know, when you mention it, Skyrim in space, I feel like you're kind of yeah. like 
you're kind of forcing it into one certain crowd. Like you, they say that we've been working on this <clears throat> game 25 years in the making. You know, they've won. <clears throat> this is their first new IP in 25 years. Do you really want to make it sound like it's just Skyrim in space, or do you want to do something that's it's more than that? That's it's a, different. That's than a that. good perspective. I feel like it could be seen both ways with that. That's a, that's a very good perspective. Like. Do we want to pigeonhole ourselves into saying, well, it's Skyrim, but space? Or do we want to, should they be saying, like, I mean, I, I guess. We've taken what we've learned from Skyrim and Fallout. Yeah, the, and their narr- yeah, the narrative could degree. be a little, or should be a little bit different because you got to be careful because you don't want to sell people onto something that they might not end up liking. And then, right. you know, who, who knows? So, yeah, it's definitely a slippery slope, and I can see both sides of that. But for me, because I don't usually have uh, a care necessarily right. with Bethesda stuff. I'm I'm definitely excited at least to try it. And I am even with the uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Like, I'll still try it. I'll still right. play it. I liked El, you know, liked Skyrim, uh, you know, a decade ago. Oh, you got us on the big screen. How do I look? Do I look good. Just like, do I look cute? Do I look, do I look good? Does my beard look good on the big screen? Yeah, do these look crispy. He looks like shit. I already know. I can see it right here. But I, I mean, I look good, right? It's the sunburn. Uh, are we meant for the big screen? That's I, should we be in theaters? Should we be on like the real like IMAX shit? Makeup? Can we get makeup? Over Mike here? said your beard looks glorious. Thanks, Mike. Oh, uh, that's all I really wanted to hear. All we need. That's all I needed to hear. Beard. No, my, he said my. She said your beard, as in mine. Your beard looks like shit. Oh come on! She I... said yours, speaking to me directly. Nobody gives a fuck about your weak ass beard. This shit is exceptional. I'll flip this fucking table. Oh wow! I watch you on my phone under the covers. Oh my! Jeez, Brian, I like Brian is real man. He 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 gets you with the real talk. That's why he's our son. Uh, but no, I, I'm I'm hoping this is good. Obviously, you know, look, trouble. you know, here's the thing. You know, you mentioned Bethesda's games are always janky, and Brian mentioned that you go know, that third player, <laughs> that third person view is going to be janky, and it usually is, man. When you yeah. play Fallout or Skyrim, when you run around third person, it just looks janky, like it looks meh. I played Skyrim in third. I'll be honest. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but the one thing they always seem to nail is the story and the narrative. They always have branching story arcs. They have everything. It's all well mm. done in terms of its story. You look at games like Prey and stuff. Mm. I mean, everything that falls under that. Well, obviously. Well, praise arcane, but still, Bethesda Studios. Their stories are there, even if sometimes the uh, maybe the, the technical things aren't there yet. So hopefully, they're able to learn from the issues they've had with Skyrim and Fallout and make them much more smoother. But here's the thing, dude, and we've talked about this before. These massive open world games are super ambitious, and oh, yeah. they can sit there and run them through QA as much as they want. Until it's in the open space, it's out for everyone to play. That's when they truly find out what the fucking issues are with the game. That's very true as well. So that's why, I like, whenever the, and it doesn't even just it doesn't even just go with Bethesda. Like, anytime I play, I hop into a game and it's open world and it's a massive open world game. I already know in my mind there's going to be issues. Mm. There's going to be issues. I'm not going to sit there and be like, "Well, how can there be fucking bugs in this game? It's been in development for seven years. There's going to be bugs in open world games." There's so many fucking scenarios that QA might miss. It's going to cause issues. Relax. It'll get fixed. But I'm, I'm curious, man. I'm curious to see where it goes. Well, you, at the end of the day, it's a CG trailer. Hard to get excited about CG. The stuff that Todd Howard is saying checks off all, you know, hits all the boxes. Mm. Want to see gameplay. Probably won't see it until next year because this doesn't drop until 11-11-22. Next November. Which is awesome because Skyrim dropped on 11-11-11. 11, 11, 11, that's right. And this one's dropping on 11, 11, 22. There's a bit there. There's a bit. 11, would that be 11 years exactly after Skyrim? Yeah, and they'll, they'll probably be putting Skyrim on mobile at that time. I hope so. I want Skyrim well, on mobile. They should release it on 22, 22, 22. That would be pretty cool. 
Oh, well, hang on there. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know what month that is, though. Count that. Brian, you're, he's running a bit. He, running, he's under the covers too long. Come up for air, dude. Come up for air. Yeah, yeah, he's got the belt around his neck. He's doing one of those uh, David Carradine things. All right, time to talk about the next game. And I know this is a game that you're very passionate about. This means a lot to you. A little bit, a little means bit. means a lot to you. means a lot to because, Prime Didact. Because something happened today, too. Yeah. Oh, well, 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 we'll definitely talk about it. But, hey, let's talk about Halo. The We got a, uh, we got a, a new trailer. No potato face. Specifically, uh, the multiplayer, the multiplayer element of it, which is a, an element you're very critical of in the Halo Five. Oh yeah. Oh boy, this, this should be good, you guys. Um, but Tone, I want to get your thoughts on this Halo multiplayer overview. This, uh, I mean, we got this is the trailer. There was a 14 minute overview as well that really kind of explored yeah. a lot of the different stuffs that we can expect from this one. But Tone, initial reactions. Oh man, Cannon's already saying, "Watch what you fucking say." Watch what you say. My Halo background is very, very diverse. It's extensive and, until, and diverse. Until a few months ago, you could still check out some of my stats from Halo 2. Oh. Nobody checks your fucking stats, bro. I did after every man. But I, did, so I digress on that. Um, yeah, the, the, the Cortana bits are kind of funny. Some of the memes are kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, listen, like, 343 is kind of on watch with me. I, You know, I'm a rarity. Like, Prime pointed out today, it was real smart about it, um, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of the group of the core fans are split on four and five. Four had one of the best stories in the series as far as campaign, but the multiplayer to a lot of people was trash. I loved the, the multiplayer. I played a fuck ton of it. Um, it was definitely a Mountain Dew propaganda machine. That's all right, <laughs> but whatever. Was it Mountain Dew and Dorito, or was that Call of Duty? It was, it was well, Mountain Dew for this, at least with the caps, because oh, okay. you could get double XP, and I managed to get uh, level 120 ooh, in like ooh, less ooh. than three Ooh. Months. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. No, that's Cannon fair. coming out swinging, dude. Yeah, a lot of, and a lot of people. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, four campaign with trash? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and let you do uh, your thing. Four campaign was not. Uh oh. So we're gonna have to talk about that, but uh, but I like five as well too. I I love the four campaign, and I actually really like five campaign. I thought too short. If that okay, if you're gonna go with that. Uh-oh. Okay, you, you thought out. it was too short? That's No, I think that's fair. That's a fair that's Oh, a fair, oh that's really? Fair oh, okay. You feel right? Um, five, was, uh, five gets more hate than it deserves um, as far as the story. I thought the five, I thought five story was great. Um, the, the, the multiplayer is trash, though, because none of the weapons you can use unless it's the fucking pistol because the pistol takes precedence, and every single fucking person, 90% of that game, they're using pistols. So you can't, Dude, I'm no, not even a Halo guy, and I figured that out real quick. Okay, pistols what you need to use. Well, I mean, but they had balanced them out so you could still enjoy the other weapons. But in Halo 5, it became fucking uh, Halo 1 all over again. Everybody just used the fucking pistol. Well, then why have all these other fucking weapons? Like, let's play GoldenEye with the fucking golden gun, call it a day, and walk home. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I mean, it's, it's fucking annoying. Anyways, uh, as far as this goes, like, because I hated 5 multiplayer, this looks really fucking good. It looks real crisp. Um, there's, Dude, I love there's, the animation on the headshots. Yeah. How the guy's feet oh, yeah. like comes out from yeah, underneath yeah, yeah, and they yeah, fall yeah, back. Yeah. I'm like, that looks fucking amazing. You got a grappling hook. Is the gra- grappling hook is new, right? That's really new. Um, and I'm, I got to see it in action because again, he, I'm a guy who likes, loved Reach. I became a jetpacker at that point. I'm one of the rarities in the world. I love the verticality. Is the word I made up to talk about it because. It gives you a perspective that not everybody has. And it played really well in Halo Reach and actually in 4. Um, and then they took it away in 5 and gave you a stupid fucking burst, which if you aim <laughs> aim in air, aim in air, and you just float. 
Yeah. Whoa. Like, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is that? Yes, Reach was probably the best overall, all around. And, but I do love two. Um, but that, like, why would you do, like, why would they add something as, as a mechanic? Like, I'm going to aim down sights and jump. Oh, look, I'm just floating. Like, that's so fucking dumb. Like, what a dumb, dumb thing to even do. But, anyways, this looks really great. I'm really excited about it. Today, I did buy a Series X finally. So now Boom! I have one. I My have man. one. I call it uh, the Halo box. I've got a Halo box. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, I know Prime's going to be playing. I'll be playing. You'll probably be playing, it sounds like, as yep. well, too. So, uh, very excited for the next Halo. This looked really good. It looked very promising. Listen, I know they don't have um, all the things that I like or want or even – I just hope I don't play like five. That's all I want. I don't don't play like five, please. If you have the speed of five, that's fine. Just have – like, listen, 343, three, finish the ground and the holes in your map so we can actually move around in them instead of worrying <laughs> about falling off a fucking map. It's so fucking irritating. Well, don't live down your scope, bro. Find your surroundings. You have to in that game because you got to use pistols because you can't enjoy the other weapons. Nobody, aims down, nobody aims down the sights in that game, bro. Nobody does. All, if you're, if you're you good, have to you don't. because all the weapons in that game now go like even the assault rifle goes down the sights in five. Dude, I, watching this trailer, man, I didn't see shit for fucking uh, aiming down yeah, sights, well. man. Dude, there's dudes scoping with the sniper. I was like, okay. Way it should be. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Again, I'll, I'm going to be overly critical like I usually am. Five was probably one of the most least... At uh, least uh, uh, Halo games I've played since Halo Three. So. See, I don't. I, don't, I mean, here, and here's like I had this perspective. Like I, w- I, I didn't play Halo when I was younger. The mm-hmm. first time I actually jumped into a Halo game was Halo Five. It's the first time I played Halo because that's when I got an Xbox One X, and I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna ha- or no, Xbox One. It's like I'm gonna play Halo Five. So I did a cooperatively with with, with Viper Strike. Went through the whole campaign cooperatively, and I had a really, really good time with it. But then I started reading people going, "Oh, this campaign's trash because the more there's more focus on locked than there is chief." So fucking what? And I and and I was like, "Well, that's weird." But so I'm like in the process of going back and playing through the 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 um like one, two, three ODST and, and four. I don't even, is Reach a part of the the Master Chief collection? No. Well, it, I mean, did it get added in? It's at some added point? in. The, yeah, but it's not the technical. It's not his story. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, like, I want to get in there and play it. Now, I played uh, Combat Evolved, and I was talking to you and Prime about this earlier. Like, I fucking I hate that game, and I think it's just because it's so dated. It doesn't play good. It's I played it in the Master Chief Collection. Right. I was like, as soon as I got halfway through, I was like, okay, these levels are just recycled. They just, yes. They're just they just the same thing over and yes. over and over again. But, you know, Prime's talking about the campaigns, like, what well, the lore is there, the story is there. And I believe that, but at the same time, I'm not having any fun with this game. I was like, this no. game sucks. But that's just because it's older. But, you know, I am played five, and I had a good time with it. I thought the story was entertaining. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, you know, and I talked about this in the chat. I was like, you know, once I start playing through two and three and Dude, four, is that going to dumb down five? Like, am I going to be like, man, five is fucking trash by the time I get to it? Or is it going to be like still, I'm like, okay, I'm cool with what they did. But I know there's a lot of people indifferent about five with the way they handled Chief and that. Because, like you say, he's only in for a little bit. It's mostly fo- Yeah, it's mostly focused on Locke. But, you know, I, I thought it was a good time. Now, in terms of the multiplayer, I played five and had a decent time with it. Now, I understand the multiplayer is different across the board. Like, a lot of these games are all, like, two, three, four. They all play differently in certain ways, not, mm-hmm. like, huge drastic changes. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited to get back into the campaign. We didn't get a whole lot from the campaign in this. Tr- I mean, we saw a little bit. But we didn't get a whole lot. Uh, did you guys see the multiplayer videos that came out the next day? Yes, the the overview. There was like a 14-minute video that did a kind of a deep dive into it. And again, this the, the the first reveal, yes, I was not impressed by this game, visually speaking. Craig was like the meme and deservedly so. It was just not an impressively, not an impressive looking game, like at all. Uh once this trailer came out and we saw it, I was like, okay, this shit is really this looks really clean. Like it looks really good now. 
So I'm really happy with what they've done with the visuals. But in terms of like uh, that overview, there was some good stuff in there. The one thing that I really like that they're doing is they have battle passes, but they never expire. That's huge. We're in Destiny 2 or any of these other games. If you buy us a battle pass, you have until the end of the season to finish it. And if you don't, all the shit that you didn't earn, lost forever. Right. Whereas in this game, in, in Halo Infinite, the battle pass, if you buy it, you have it forever. So, But you have to choose which battle pass you want to ex- apply your XP to. So, like, say, if I have the first battle pass and then the next season one, and I didn't finish the old one, but I finished the second season, I can go back and select that battle pass. Like, okay, apply my XP towards that. So you can start building up the ones you missed, or you can apply. You, you can select which battle pass to apply your XP to, which I think is a really, 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 really fucking good yeah. idea. Because, again, you look at, like, Destiny and Call of Duty and all these games, as soon as the season's over, if you didn't get that one weapon skin or that one, you know, that one armor piece or the ornament for it, it's gone, dude. And then you got to pay for it through, you know, the in-game store and you can buy it. This thing, everything that you can earn, all the things that you can get, you get by playing the fucking game. That's the way it should be. Everything you can unlock should be unlocked by playing the game, and that's what they're focusing on. That is fucking sweet. Armor pieces, all the stuff, cosmetic only, no microtransactions. This is how you do multiplayer. Oh, on like five. Oh, yeah, don't, don't get them started on five again. Don't get them started on multiplayer on five. Uh, also, free-to-play day one on PC and Xbox. This is going to have a massive, massive fucking audience. It's smart because they're giving the game out on Game Pass, yep. and then they want to make those residuals. They're doing it by DLC a smarter way than some of the other companies have been doing and from themselves from five because Warzone was kind of booty in the way you had to pay and all those upgrades because prior games you could grind out all those upgrades as well too. Now I understand the paywalls and making money and stuff and it's on Game Pass. I get it. The reason why it's important with these battle passes in a game like this is because unlike other things that are out there in first-person shooters that have a lot of customization, Halo's always had that customization for right. many, many years. And even though it's grown and grown and grown, there's tons of different armor sets. There's tons of different pieces. Even if you look at something like Halo Reach, really had a ton of crazy fucking customization and armor pieces. Right. Even like, you know, pieces on your armor. So it's just pretty exciting and pretty crazy how they're going to do it. I, I, again, customization on great. weapons, customizations on armor, customizations on vehicles. I mean, you're going to really be able to deck out all of your stuff yeah. to your liking. That's going to set you apart from everyone else. And everyone loves that. Customization is huge for games like this, especially when you're playing a lot of time into it. You want to set yourself apart. So really, really cool there. Obviously, we talked about the grappling hook mechanic. We're kind of curious to see how that's implemented. Is it something that's going to be overused? Is there a cooldown on it? I'm not familiar with that. Um, but I mean, everything else, I mean, this sounds really good, dude. The thing, this is going to hit game pass. It's going to be available free to play for everybody. Multiplayer. I am not a halo multiplayer guy. I play it when I, when sometimes when you guys get out and I'll fuck around and play with it. But dude, I'm at the point now where I need a multiplayer competitive shooter. Yes. I need something that I can go in and play with people. Look, I love destiny Two. The PVE part of it is strong as fuck right now. Dude, the storytelling that's going on right now with se- with this season, the shit that's gone down this week. This is the best Bungie, Bungie has done story-wise in, in for as long as I can remember with Destiny. This is the best it's been. The lore and the stuff that we're getting from cutscenes and all this shit, it is mind-blowing how fucking wild things are. But the PvP side of things, I can't get into it anymore, man. It just doesn't do it for me. I need something fresh. I need something new. And watching this video and watching the overview video on the, on the Xbox YouTube channel, 
I'm here on day one. I'm yeah. down for this. I know you're going to get it. I'm sure Tricky's going to get it. We'll have Prime on there. Tricky we're going to have, have a good crew. Everyone else, Al Blanco's going to be on there. We can get everyone in there. I think there's, yeah, like Just Lacey, Miss Can, all these folks are going to be in there. I'm all about it, dude. Oh, I'm going to be on there to shit. play some fucking uh, some Halo, dude. Maybe I'm, I'm going to be on board, dude. Maybe do some e-geekly uh, hangouts, playing Ooh. some Halos. Maybe some maybe some actual like uh, uh, private lobby stuff. Ooh. Some game selections. A pimp slap. Oh yeah. All I need is one week with this game, and I'll know the ins and yeah, outs. Yeah, he's pretty good at first person shooters. I'm just gonna. I'll just. Yeah. I'm just gonna target him. I'm not gonna go for all y'all. I'm oh, gonna target come him. On. I'm gonna give you the same treatment McGarrett gives me. I'm just coming for you. That's it. I'm just gonna shoot you in the fucking face, dude. Oh, Cuddles says fuck Halo. Wow, Cuddles is just a. He's just a. It's multiplayer. He's going to play it. Oh, yeah. He'll play that shit. The fucking liar. Don't even listen to this. All right. Moving on from Halo, let's talk about the next thing that they showed off. Um, I know you and I, you and I are a little bit indifferent about this, but, man, yeah. Forza Horizon 5. That's beautiful. Holy fucking visuals. There were multiple scenes, like this stuff they're showing here, where they were showing it, and I was like, is this, like, are they just showing you what they got inspired for the visuals? Like, these are the, this is all in game. This game looks fucking gorgeous. Gorgeous. I mean, incredibly gorgeous. And between when it comes to like Forza, I, I'm much more of a Horizon guy. I like we the open world, open world. I feel like it has a little bit more of an arcade feel to it. We it's both not, are, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm not a, a motor, a Forza Motorsport or a Gran Turismo guy. I need to have some arcade elements. I need to have a little bit more fun. Obviously, the open world elements of these games are wild, but. Dude, this shit looks fucking sweet. Um, this the, the the setting here is Mexico. It's a vibrant and ever evolving open world landscapes of Mexico with limitless fun driving action and hundreds of the world's greatest cars. Awe inspiring weather events like towering dust storms and intense tropical storms as Mexico's unique dynamic seasons change the world every week. Keep coming back for new events, challenges, collectibles, and rewards, and new areas to explore. Um, actual 4K camera shots integrated in the game. It's nuts, dude. Yeah. Like, some of this shit is absolutely incredible in this game. And that's the one thing I kind of like about Forza Horizon is the social aspect of it. You can hop in there, find somebody's challenge, find a buddy's time, or just link up with people. The social elements have always been really impressive, in my opinion, when it comes to the Forza Horizon games. And obviously, the levels. This game is just a beautiful-looking game. Uh, you can create your own expressions of fun with the new event lab. Uh, I don't know if you saw that part of the trailer where you can create your own challenges. Yeah, yeah, it's Dude, awesome. Dude, there's going to be a lot of customization, a lot of different modes, a lot of community-created events that are going to be fucking awesome that's going to give this game some serious legs. I am... Not a racing guy. I know you're more of a racing guy. I know you you like the need for speeds and stuff. I'm just, in general, not a big racing guy. But when it comes to something like this, where it's going to not only showcase the, the, the strength of the system and what it's capable of doing, but the social elements, I've always had a lot of fun when I hop on and I play Forza Horizon with guys, even if it's something that we don't stick with for a long period of time. You don't have to worry about it because you're not buying it. I know. It's on Game Pass. Not buying shit. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like... Listen, they look, they're great-looking games. You can't deny that. Um, it's just funny to me that this is such a flagship. However, I think the only reason that it's gotten to be a little bit outside of like that niche is due to the fact that the last time around it was on Game Pass and people were able to get their hands on it with the fourth one. Um, but, my, again, the, the biggest thing for me is that the, the racing isn't overly arcadey because it's not right. motor... It's not, I mean, it's not motorsport, but... Um, there is definitely some there's some know, elements. Yeah, there, there's some sim elements, which is fine for those that like that. 
Uh, my biggest gripe with it, though, at least from Forza Horizon 4, and I hope they fix this, the fucking god-awful fucking menus. Like, can you please <laughs> simplify that? I, listen, I don't want to have to go to the local community college and get a degree just to fucking play it with a menu. That's so fucking annoying. <laughs> it really is. Like, make it simple. There was, yeah, it simple. The UI was not friendly. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. So there it is. That That's my biggest gripe. And listen, it, it, I'm going to have it on Game Pass because I have Game Pass. And I will definitely check it out. That, there's no doubt about that. I will probably play it for a couple of days and a week, save, eh, and then move on to something else. But yeah, that's the, fine. When, when we when we when we wrap up this segment, when we really kind of examine Game Pass for the rest of the year, it's pretty fucking impressive uh, what Microsoft is doing. I mean, we're at the point now where I still go on social media and I see people going, "Man, if you don't have Game Pass, you're an idiot." I feel like we've been past that point. Like, I just feel like it's no longer, you know, it's, it's no longer worth bringing up that Game Pass is the best value. Dude, it, all you need is, a, is, 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 is E3 presentations it, like this. It's the best bang for your buck. And even though somebody like me who don't always have the time to utilize it, mm-hmm. I have it for a reason. And yeah. I, I love it for a reason. Just overall, like, it, it's a good deal. Like, everybody should have Game Pass. Even if you don't utilize it and decide one day, it's my day off. Let's see what's on Game Pass and yeah. download something and then check it out. So, yeah, you got to have Game Pass. There's no reason not to at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's if you buy an Xbox Series X or an Xbox Series or, or any, but if you're on PC, you got to fucking buy. Absolutely. You got to buy Game Pass. You got to buy Game Pass. It's it's beyond the point of like making fun of people right. who, who I like. Anytime I go on on social media and I see somebody trying to downplay Game Pass, I'm just like block. No. Or not a block. I don't I don't give people the satisfaction of blocking. I just mute. And it's just like I can't stand I can't stand that shit. By that by this time it's it's so archaic thinking and it's so just stupid. It's just like, look, this is the best bang for your buck. This is the best deal when it comes to gaming. It, it, well, like I said, we'll look at the list after we're done here. It's pretty impressive what they got coming out just for the rest of the year. Every fucking week, just about every month, there are two or three games dropping in there that you just get with Game Pass. Mm. Kind of a no brainer at this point, dude. It's it's just you just do it. So now we're going to move on to some of the smaller games that, that, that stood out. Those are the, the the big three that I thought stood out from Microsoft. But let's talk. No, no, no. Origami 2 is Blanco. We're not going to talk about Origami 2, but Origami 2 is a part of Game Pass, which is fucking incredible. It's awesome. That's where I'll be playing it. That's where you'll be playing because you have an Xbox Series X. Oh, Blanco will be in there. Origami 2 coming to Game Pass. That is a fucking hell yes. Absolutely. All right. Next game I want to talk about is a game that we don't know a whole lot about, but man. This, the, the people involved in the presentation of this trailer was fucking awesome. This is from developer Jumpship. This is called Somerville. Now, I don't know if any of you, I'm sure many of you have played. If you remember playing uh, Limbo oh, or yeah. Inside. Fucking, I didn't actually play Inside, but Limbo? By Play Dead. That was a developer, Play Dead. This is from the person who founded Play Dead, Dino Patty, who left Play Dead to form Jumpship. This is their new game this is the first game they made they were founded in 2017 this is what they've been working on this shit looks fucking dope like this looks really good it's got that inside that limbo vibe with the animation but you're like this family in this post-apocalyptic world that something has happened it looks like some kind of either a supernatural invasion or an alien invasion but something has happened in this world and it's an adventure game and this game looks fucking awesome I'm a huge fan of Limbo. I'm a huge fan of Inside. Play Dead games were absolutely incredible. And if this is going to have the same puzzle elements and the same eerie vibe and the same impactful stories that you found in those games, 
This shit should be on everybody's fucking watch list. Mm-hmm. Somerville yeah. looks absolutely incredible. Now, it doesn't come out till 2022, but damn it, Jump Ship, take your time. Take your time. This looks really, really good. Like I said, we don't have a whole lot of information on it. It's early on, but I'm telling you right now, with the talent involved, the people involved, put this shit on your fucking watch list. Limbo was incredible. Inside was like mind-blowing, like just holy cow. The stories that they've told in these games, these developers have shown they are capable of making some really good stuff. So I am exciting. absolutely exciting. thrilled for Somerville. I cannot wait for that to come out. And guess what? Game Pass. Of course. I mean, game pass, uh, baby. you got to have that Game Pass. That's a Game Pass game. So 2022, keeping out for Somerville. The next game I want to talk about, this one is one you and I are really hyped about. This is called Replaced. Yep. From Sad Cat Studios. Time. Does not come out until 2022, but this is billed uh-huh. as a cinematic, retro, futuristic action thriller Set in a dystopian version of the fucking 80s, bro. Oh, man. Yes. Players control an AI that has been placed inside of a human body and follows along at that individual as that indiv- individual explores a bleak and almost post-apocalyptic world. The combat in particular looks to offer some really compelling twists, focusing on cool moves that you might see in high-end action flick. We also saw the main character traversing ruined buildings in some tense platforming sequences. So this is a side-scrolling, like kind of a 2D look. There's platforming. There's combat. There's this pixel art style. Replace looks fucking awesome. I feel like this was one of the games for me for E3. Oh, yeah, dude. Hands down. Yeah, this is is a a signature title for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ain't a lie about it. Like, look, look, come on. Fuck, man. That looks that looks fucking dope. I mean, it just it looks good. And I'm not too familiar with Sad Cat Studios. I'm not sure what they've worked on. I, I I didn't I wasn't able to look up too much, but the combat in this game, I mean, look at the animation. This looks wait, doesn't Keanu have a movie coming out called Replace? I don't know if he does. I think, I think he was in one called Replicant, wasn't he? Oh. Oh. This shit looks awesome though. I mean, they've got there's a couple of games that Xbox has coming out. Uh the other game I'm really excited about is um The Ascent. That comes out next month. Oh, yeah. Yes, that comes out next month, the end of the month. Ascent looks fucking amazing. So I'm really excited for that. That's a Game Pass game on July 29th, I believe. But, yeah, that comes out July 20 or, or uh, 2022. Really excited for uh, Replaced. Uh, mm-hmm. Another one that I thought, was, I thought stood out, mainly because I really, really enjoyed uh, SSX back in the day. Really like the snowboarding games. Is uh, Shred or Shredder? Shredders. Shredder. Not Shredder. <laughs> I was going to say, Shredders. hang on there, tough guy. The Replacements. Thank you, Avaz. That's, that's the Keanu movie he was thinking about, Replacements, the football movie. Uh, Shredders looks really, really good. It's, uh, it's full of hand-sculpted parks, urban environments, and uh, has lots of crazy adventures. It's an open world just waiting to be shredded. Almost every other rider you see on the mountain is a real rider playing right there with you. Uh, compete, shred together with friends, or take on a journey of your own inspired by games such as Amped, and SSX, this looks fucking really good. You know, it does. And it's it's weird to me because I thought these games had disappeared and then Steep came out. And I feel like now this forgot about Steep. I'm a I'm a Steep believer. I have a lot of DLC for those as well too. Steep is a very, very highly underrated game and hardly. Did you play that game. one? 
I have it downloaded on my PS5 right now. Like, I love it. Oh, really? Game. Yeah, because, well, Olympics are coming up, so I'm getting a little excited about uh, that. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. Um, regardless, Steep is a fucking phenomenal game. Like, there's a lot of great things that Ubisoft did with that game, um, and, and there's a lot of different things you can do. It's a very, very, like, versatile game. Um, and it's another one of those kind of, I mean, technically kind of racing. So you're always trying to do better or be better or whatever it is. Anytime you have time trials and shit like with friends, Dude, I'm on it's board. Not, yeah, I'm absolutely. Board. You got to troll each other. So I'm a big steep guy. That said, um, it, it was really curious to see another because steep was risky. It didn't do great. It's right. not ever done great. They were asking a lot of I feel money like that's a niche audience. It's a, it's a live service game, but I'm telling you what, it's a great fucking game. Mm. So again, though, um, this is still exciting. I mean, who, li- listen. That comes out this month or next this year, December yeah, twenty twenty one. Any of those games from yesteryear, SSX or ten eighty, whatever it might be, um, cool borders. We all played them back in the day, so mm-hmm. it's you know, bring it. I'm gonna play it. I'll definitely check it out. I'm excited about it. Fuck yeah. So now here, you know, those are the games that we we thought stood out. Obviously, there's a lot of games we could have talked about. You know, many of you mentioned them in the chat. You know, Rainbow Six Extraction, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxies. We saw uh, the next. Um, uh, what's that game that uh, Brian mentioned? Uh, a Plague Tale. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming <clears> out <throat> this year. <clears throat> but the one thing I want to focus on for a moment is just this lineup of games for the rest of the year on Xbox Game Pass through 2020. This is just through 2021, you guys. Like a, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon dropped this week. Next week, we've got Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance. July 29th, The Ascent. Hades. A, that was a game of the year, like uh, coming to winner, all consoles, like or whatever the other dropping on PlayStation, was. Xbox, Dude. everywhere. August thirteenth, that's on Game Pass. Rogue two. Uh, August nineteenth, twelve minutes. That's with Willem Dafoe, um, oh, Daisy yeah, Ridley, yeah, that's that, that's and that, uh, uh, who's the dude that's playing the, the husband? I can't think of his name. It's a big, oh, it's, it's, it's a James big name. McAvoy. James McAvoy. There you go, James McAvoy. Uh, as Alblanco mentioned, September seventeenth, Origami two. You have Sable on September twenty third. There's, I mean, Scorn. You got um, Back for Blood, October 12th. That's a Game Pass Which game. Which is exciting for me that's on Game Pass because I would not have bought that, but I definitely might check it out. Shredders, Among Us will be on Game Pass. Hello Neighbor 2, The Gunk. And then, I mean, right here, this this bottom row, Flight Simulator, Game Pass. Dude, Flight Sim. That's next month, July 27th. August 25th, Psychonauts 2, Game Pass. October 28th, Age of Empires number 4. That's on uh, PC. But that's on Game Pass. So exciting. Forza, November 9th, and Halo Infinite holiday. Why can't we get a fucking date on Halo, bro? Because it's not going to actually come out this fall. Dude, are you, dude, do you know how disappointing that would be? Do you know how much I actually believe that it won't? Are you serious? Yep. Uh, I, do feel, I, feel, I do feel like that's a little bit odd. I mean, if, 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 if Forza is dropping, <laughs> well, what's Forza dropping out? Was it November 29th? <laughs> So, I mean, or at the end of November, somewhere in November, you only have like six, seven weeks left to, to put Halo. I mean, are we? is it slipping into December? I feel like that's... I feel like that's interesting. Yeah, drop that bitch in December, but it's got to be at some point in 2021. And it says there's an extended Xbox showcase conversation with devs this Thursday. Tomorrow. It's yep. tomorrow. Paris Lilly from Twitch or Twitter, he's hosting it. Cool. They'll be looking at a lot of games. They'll actually be uh, doing a deep dive with the developer on, um, was it Hell, Hellblade 2? Uh, the Senua. Remember Hellblade? Where? What's that? Who? Paris Lilly. Yep, he's on Twitter, or he's on Twitter. Um, he'll be hosting it, and they're going to be talking about a lot. Of, I think Avowed, they're going to be talking about Avowed. That's a game we didn't see. There's a lot of good stuff they're going to be talking about tomorrow. So it's like the Xbox Extended Edition. They'll be talking about some more games. I don't know if it's going to be like as in-depth or if we're going to see as much gameplay, or if it's going to be more developer-focused. 
But there's going to be a lot of good information out there tomorrow. So make sure you check that out. That'll be up there. There you go. Miss Cannon's got the Twitter uh, tweet right there. Check that out. That should be a really, really good show. There's going to be a lot of good stuff. But um, Tone, I mean, overall, I feel like, dude, E3 is, again, we're at that point where E3 has kind of, it's still trying to find its identity. It's trying to change. Plus, the pandemic didn't help. But, or you know, did it? I mean, it's possible. It could have in a way. but Or did it? I mean, it's just, I don't think it has that same excitement. I'm not saying that Sony makes or breaks E3, but not having Sony there probably does hurt a little bit. Um, but overall, I mean, you know, my, you know, everyone's saying Microsoft won E3, and I would agree with that. I think Microsoft had the best show, but they didn't have a whole lot of competition. Not to take away from what they did. They had a great show. They had a lot of good stuff coming. Game Pass is strong as fuck. They made some big reveals. They 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 did everything they needed to do to have a strong E3. It's just everyone else, other with the exception of Nintendo, kind of stumbled and, and fucked it up. You yeah, know, Koch like, Media, Gearbox, Square Enix, like Ubisoft yeah, they, wasn't very good. Right. They won, like, by default, kind of. But, I mean, it is what it, I mean, listen. Bottom line is, and it, you know, Arkenrath is joking out there about an infomercial for Game Pass. It's hard to deny right now in video games that they're doing something different than everybody else. Yep. And it, it doesn't necessarily need to translate to everybody else, but we've talked about this many times before. They are thinking steps ahead, and that's and they have to because of Google and Amazon's and how games are going, which is fully streaming and digital. They are thinking steps ahead. If GameStop had done that, they might not be looking at the brick wall. That's another conversation. Wow. You know, but. That's kind of what's going on here as well, too. So, I mean, listen, that that was there's a lot of good, there's games in there. Like the last few E3s for me, like were really underwhelming. This was. I don't think this was great necessarily, sure. but I feel like this was like better than just saying meh. It's or, pretty much what I what I expected. Yeah, from but it. there's some good stuff in there and it's, and it's exciting for sure. So, um, again, if you don't have Game Pass, you need Game Pass. That's pretty much the bottom line of it. Um. You know, we still got stuff coming down the the road with some of the stuff yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we know Brian. We're we're probably gonna get to that here shortly. But I probably have to actually do the old school. Uh, take a break here momentarily. Uh, no, sorry, we didn't get the slime rancher out what? there. What? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, I had the third one. You right? haven't pissed in like three weeks, dude. That's, that's amazing. Oh, the busy guy. Yeah, the busy um, guy. Slime, yeah. yeah, no slime rancher out there. Twisted metal game looked great. That's very funny, Jay Hill. Got jokes. Um, <laughs> King Cuddle says he's canceling his Game Pass due to Among Us. Wow. Stick to your guns, buddy. Uh, go buy a horse, move it to the mountains where you can't bother anybody as well uh, with that kind of attitude. Uh, can we get a screen counter for how many times Game Pass has been mentioned? A billion. Oh, and rightfully so. so it, people, people should be screaming that to the mountains. Everyone yeah, should have Game Pass. Yeah, we, we do tend to lean pretty heavy around here on PlayStation and Sony because we typically – Mostly on the. That's where my eco. That's where my main ecosystem. But it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate what what Xbox has been doing with Game Pass and their games coming out. Right. I'm gonna be on my Xbox a lot coming up, dude. There's no doubt about it. I'm gonna be on my Xbox a lot coming up. So absolutely. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break because uh, baby bladder boy has to go tanky. So we'll be back in just a moment. We have some more stuff we want to talk about. There's a the next topic. It's gonna be very very interesting because it's shades of some stuff that's happened. Years ago, be right back. Stay tuned. And welcome back. Now, this next topic has been kind of brewing over the last 24 to 28 hours. I say it started sometime yesterday evening, early afternoon. Um, about, I think it was like three months ago, there was an announcement on the PlayStation blog 
for a game called Abandoned, a cinematic survival sim hitting PlayStation 5 exclusively later this year. This is uh, developed by Blue Box Game Studios, a small independent studio, per this post, from the Netherlands. Okay? Abandoned survival sim. It's PS5 later this year. And it even came with this really kind of generic trailer. It was a trailer that was kind of ominous, kind of mysterious, really bad voiceover work. And it didn't look particularly well. I mean, in some scenes, in the scenes where it shows the trees and stuff, everything looks a little realistic to a degree. Like, this stuff looks really, really good. This is all in-game, so supposedly. Um, but the video is set at 1080p60. But when it gets to some of the movement stuff, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look optimized. It looks like it's struggling to hit 30 frames. It's not an impressively an impressive running game per this video. But there's cool elements. I mean, hey, man, you're out in the woods. It's scary shit, right? You're out in the woods, and it's survival. But I mean, some of those movements, like the, the frames are dipping. It's not a super impressive trailer. But when you go to the post and you look up uh, Blue Box Game Studios, it says the game uh, director underneath that is Haran Karaman. Haran Karaman of Blue Box Game Studios. He's the game director. And so everyone's like, when this post came out, everyone was like, well, this is very mysterious. There's not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to go on here. And then everyone got to thinking. Everyone started talking. Well, wait a minute. This, this kind of reminds us. I mean, here's an announcement for a, a survival game. Very mysterious. A studio we've never fucking heard of. If you look up Blue, game, Blue Box Game Studios or even Haran Karam in terms of a like game development, there's like a failed Kickstarter, uh, a Steam Greenlight game that never even made it to Steam, that never got released, and a, hand, a handful of shovelware titles on iOS developed by Haran Karam. It's just, it's just a very bizarre situation. When you look up uh, Haran Karaman on LinkedIn, it says, yes, director of Blue Box Game Studios, no photo, and nothing else. Kind of a bare bones LinkedIn. Now look, I don't I'm not a professional LinkedIn user, but when you go to see some of these developers, it it's an extensive list of shit. An extensive list of stuff. So everyone's like, okay, this is really mysterious. And it got people thinking about back when PT, when Sony announced, hey, at the Games Developer Conference in 2014, they're like, hey, look, we got a new demo out there. There's a new demo on the PlayStation 12. They announced this at the GDC conference. Everyone was like, why are they talking about this demo? By 7780 Studio. No one's ever heard of that shit. No one's ever heard of 7780 Studio. Yeah, PT, the trailer was out. The, the, the demo was out there. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go play it. And I remember that day. Dude. I remember watching that press conference. I was like, oh, man, I got to check that out when I get home. And on social media, as the day is going on, everyone's like, oh, my God, this fucking demo is terrifying. Mm-hmm. terrifying people are hyping this demo up as being terrifying finally before i get home everyone's like holy fucking shit this pt demo is a teaser for silent hill starring norman reedus directed by hideo kojima in collaboration with guillermo del toro oh god a visionary horror master who loves his lovecraft oh god Inspired by a lot of Lovecraft. And everyone's thinking, holy shit. This is fucking nuts. And then everyone remembers what happened. The falling out between 
Kojima and Konami essentially canceling Silent Hills. Silent Hills was canceled and went down, and the world was mourning. Like, holy fuck, dude. This perfect collaboration of talent, an, an IP that desperately needed a, that has the potential but desperately needed a reboot, and you have this talent involved. Holy shit. This is going to be amazing. Canceled. Done. And so everyone's like, oh, man, this rises to PT. But then, but then we're thinking, okay, what's going on? What's going on? People are going nuts. People start talking about it. And Jeff Grubb comes out from VentureBeat the next day. Once people start talking about it, he says in his article, Abandon is not a new Hideo Kojima game. It's not. In fact, he's in talks with Microsoft for his next game in an effort to attract big-time Japanese creators to the Xbox brand. So Jeff Grubb comes out and says, no, 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 no. This is not what you think it is. Yes, there's similarities, and there's some stuff there that makes you think, hey, wait a minute. But he came out and said, no, that's not it. Day after that, Blue Box Game Studios updates their website, which is under construction, mind you, and still under construction today. And here's what they said. We received several emails regarding the Hideo Kojima rumor. We have no association with Hideo Kojima. Nor do we claim to have any association, nor was it our intention to claim such a statement. We are a small group of developers working on a passionate title we wanted to work on for a long time. We have been assisting other studios in the past with their projects, and we wanted to work on our very first big project. While it is true that we've been working on a small projects in the past, we certainly didn't use that for marketing purposes. We hope this has clarified this matter and hope to see you all in a very first gameplay review of Abandon sometime later this year. So after that, and after the Jeff Grubb report, everyone's like, okay, look, it's just an indie studio. They fucked up. You know, they, they, they're they being very mysterious, and a lot of people might have misinterpreted that the wrong way. Trying to hype the product. Yeah, trying to hype it up. Like, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, that's yeah. not the case. Yeah. It's not the case. It's not the case. It's not what we're doing. I'm following you. Jump ahead to June 11th. Oh. Blue Box Game Studios. On June 22nd, Abandon will have its own PS5 app showcasing upcoming title-related trailers and gameplay reveal demos. All images are actual in-game sequences that will provide you a first impression of the game followed by a gameplay demo this summer along with a release date. Tone? This small studio from the Netherlands... An indie studio that's worked on a couple iOS titles is getting their own fucking PlayStation 5 app. That's pretty interesting. On the PS5 to showcase trailers, gameplay demos, and uh, demo, uh, beta information in the future. Interesting. Tone, does Returnal, Ratchet & Clank, Demon's Souls... All these major first-party titles, do they have their own individual app with all their information in it? That's going to be a no, sir. No. They have hubs. They have hubs where you can go there and watch stuff. But this is getting an app, an actual PlayStation 5 app, to access all this stuff. It's just crazy. I mean, it's there. You search Abandoned, Blue Box Game Studios, it's there. It's buried. But you search it out. There it is. Kind of give you an idea what the game's about. Okay, cool, man. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. So it's there. But they're getting their own PS5 app. 
an actual app with all the information of the game and trailers. Only the other first party games get that. Weird. Really weird. A small Aragami is an independent studio. Linsworks is an independent studio. They don't have a fucking app. That has all that information. It's weird. It's really weird. And then last night, Blue Box Game Studio sent this out. Guess the name. Abandon equals first letter S, last letter R. Reveal closing in. L. Oh, L. I'm drunk. First letter S, last letter R, or L. Reveal closing in. Okay. Now look. You guys fucked up early in the year by saying, oh, no, 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 you guys are misinterpreting what we're doing. You're misinterpreting what we're doing. Abandon equals starts with an S, ends with an L. Clearly, everybody's going to run with that. What were they thinking it was, actually, sir? Everyone started running with it again. They're talking about Silent Hill. Silent Hill? They're talking about Silent Hill. That's a Konami title, though. Talking about Silent Hill. Clearly, they're talking about Silent Hill. No, 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 stop. They came out again. We genuinely apologize for this. We didn't know that some people were already thinking Abandoned being the next Silent Hill. (laughs) Whoops, our bad. Yeah. We didn't know people were thinking that. Really? That's funny. Two months ago, you came out and said, well, no. You already knew people were thinking about this. You already knew people were thinking about this. So now we have, my question is, Tone, mm-hmm. if, 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 um, the fucking group, uh, Konami had such a bad relationship with, 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 with Kojima, you would think Sony, look, hey, man, these guys are making a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Okay, they're they're hyping it up. 4K 60, uh, haptic feedback, dual sense support, 3D yeah. audio. They're they're supporting all this shit, which usually first. It's pretty. But I mean, yeah, this this is heavy stuff. Yeah, this is a small independent studio, dude. If Sony knew that this developer was out there putting shit out on Twitter, saying, hinting at 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 at, at um Silent Hill, you would think Sony would be like, hey, look. We have a good working relationship with Kojima. Stop. Take that tweet down. Silent Hill is still very painful for a lot of people. Take that tweet down. Also, Konami, we're trying to like, Konami is rumored to be licensing out their IPs. We don't want to piss them off. So we don't want to piss them off. Take that tweet down. That tweet is still up. The Silent Hill tweet joke tweet is still up. They have gained three thousand followers in the last two day in the last day and a half, and they're followed. They're following six people: PlayStation, Jeff Keighley, who happens to be a buddy of uh, Hideo Kojima. A lot of that's going on. And just recently tonight, this evening, somebody went in into uh, Google Translator. Now, look, this is a stretch. I get it. I'm not saying this is what's going on. But I'm saying the comparisons to uh, this to when Metal Gear Solid was announced as Phantom Pain and nobody knew what the fuck Phantom Pain was by Moby Dick Studios. Remember that very clearly. Our new game Phantom Pain is so original, we don't understand all the comparisons to Metal Gear Solid. Does Metal Gear Solid have flying whales on fire? Nope. Moby Dick Studios was a pseudo studio for Kojima. And they fucked with people by showing that Phantom Pain trailer, and everyone was like, ooh, is this, is this Metal Gear? 
No, it's not. It's not. It's Moby Dick Studios. They're making something else. Ends up being Metal Gear. That sounds a lot like we generally apologize for this. We don't know. Some people were thinking of Bandit being Silent Hill. Oh, yeah. It's like the Charlie Day This is down here. similar, similar bullshit. This is what Kojima does. Smoke and mirrors yeah, this is, this and is, bullshit. Now, I'm not saying that on June 22nd that Sony is going to announce a Silent Hill directed by Kojima. Hideo Kojima. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying right now, man, there's a lot of shit lining up that looks like it's very, very similar. Dude, because why would they let some fucking small independent studio get their own PS5 app and go out there and, and get people hyped up? Dude, it's either Silent Hill or this studio is going to fucking bomb horribly. You've already crossed that point. Now, here's the last thing that we saw tonight that was really interesting. If you take the name Hideo and translate it to Turkish, you type in Hideo, if you go to Google, and do Hideo Japanese to Turkish, it translate to Karaman. Exact spelling to the game director's last name listed on that PlayStation post. To a T, K-A-R-K-A-H-R-A-M-A-N. Dude, Brian, go do it. Go, 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 go in there. Just do it, Brian. I understand what you're saying. You go type. You go to Google Translate. Type in Hideo. It says Kamaran. I don't care if it doesn't do names. The fact, dude, if it says Hideo to Kamaran, dude, there, that's there's no. We're past coincidences now. Either this studio is destined for absolute disaster, or Sony is making their move now, because E3 is over. Microsoft had their huge – they had a great show. Mm-hmm. The, the talk was Microsoft. Nintendo had a great show. The talk was Nintendo. But now you have this shit going on. Dude, th- this just started now at the end of E3. If you want to move the narrative back in your favor, you start to tease a fucking Silent Hill game with Hideo Kojima. That's all I'm saying. Could this pan out? It might be a total bomb. I might be wrong, and I'm totally cool with that. I'm just saying, based on what Hideo has done in the past, this has his DNA all over it. It's it's always smoke, ampersand, mirrors with him. All oh, it is, it's always it's always this shit. Yes, it is an absolute stretch, but that's just how it works with Hideo There's Kojima. There's too many coincidences. Too many. Too many. It all comes back to this. If you go to the Blue Game, a uh, Blue Box Game Studio, if you go to their YouTube channel. Started in 2015, which was just a year after Silent Hill was supposed to be a thing. No videos. This is an independent studio. No videos on their channel. Yet the background is hills, mountains, or whatnot in the fog. I'm just saying, dude, yes, it's a stretch. But, man, when you have this many coincidences. What this is is this is something that's been lost until these guys do it. And it's not something. This is. This is marketing, and it's and it's and it's and it's, it's either that or, or Blue Box Game Studios is going to they're never going to recover from this. Oh yeah, maybe the rough, but again, I, I'm pretty sure if they were ruffling feathers, Sony would step in and say, "Yo," they would say, "Dude, stop putting out these fucking tweets." There's too many similarities to the past. There's there there's a lot of things that, like you said, it's DNA. Um, but we'll I mean we'll we'll know next week, won't we? June 22nd is where we're going to find out, and if we're wrong. That's fine. I'm cool. I don't mind it. 
this shit's exciting for me because I know this is what Hideo Kojima does. When this sort of shit happens and you start adding pieces together, even if it's a stretch and it points to be something similar to what happened with PT and with Moby Dick Studios and, 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 and Metal Gear Solid Five, this has Hideo Kojima DNA all over it. Even if it doesn't pan out, it's fun to think about. And there's just too many coincidences here not to consider this. Oh, I'm, I'm, it's definitely this is this is this is smart marketing. This this is familiar. And if you want to shift the conversation back in PlayStation's corner, look, Microsoft had a huge show. Halo Infinite looks like it's back on track. Starfield was announced and revealed, and they talked about it. They had a great show, and Game Pass is strong as fuck. Everything is Microsoft right now. Nintendo had strong with Metroid, Advance Wars, and some other titles. And Sony's just kind of like flailing in the wind, like, I'm not doing anything. There's a rumored PlayStation event on July 8th. That's rumored. PlayStation event on July 8th. Man, to have some kind of a Silent Hill megaton on June 22nd, and then two weeks later you come out with your PlayStation event to talk about that and whatever the fuck else he got made up or set up for the next year and a half, you are now essentially in a position to turn the conversation back to PlayStation. July 8th is a Thursday, and that's a lot of times they do state of plays. They do a lot of state of plays on Thursdays. So I'm just saying it's fun to think about. Look at the facts. Look at the stuff that's out there. It's a stretch, absolutely, but there's too many coincidences here not to think this, is, this might be a real thing. And this is the perfect time to do it. When the conversation is on your competitors, it's about Microsoft and Nintendo right now, Sony's in position, and that's what everyone's talking about. You know, why doesn't Sony want to be a part of E3? Maybe because they want to be able to control the narrative once the show's done. They love control the narrative. They love when the attention is on PlayStation. And now that E3 has come and gone, they have an opportunity here with something like Silent Hill and Kojima. I'm just saying, man, let's see what happens on the 22nd. If I'm wrong, I'll be like, hey, man, that was fun to think about at least. It was fun to think about, and good luck to... To Blue Box Studios, you're never going to recover. But this is this is wild shit. This is wild shit. So I want to get you guys and girls' thoughts. If you think it's a stretch, so be it. Look at all the information that we provided, that we looked into. There's a lot of other stuff, a lot of comparisons out there, a lot of different things that people are digging up, finding. What was that photo you found? There's a photo on Hideo Kojima's Instagram where he has a book on his desk that has these this wooded background that looks very similar to the woods in the trailer that we saw. Abandoned. Just saying, Hideo Kojima is known for this shit. See what happens. Should be interesting. Should be a lot of fun. Moving on to our second to final topic. And we're going to get a call in for the final topic. But, Tone, let's talk about Star Wars Bad Batch Episode 7. They come to you because I didn't even realize it until I told you. I was like, oh, man, that, that character was pretty cool. Where did he come from? And you were like, what? We finally got to see... Captain Captain Rex. Captain Rex. Finally, we heard about him in the, the first or second episode. I believe second. It was the first. I don't recall. Name dropped, of course. Uh, uh, a super fan favorite uh, for a lot of people these days. Uh, if you watch any of the Clone Wars, um, had his inhibitor chip removed as well. Thank you to Ahsoka, BFF. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic episode. Uh, one thing that a lot of people didn't catch or realize till after the fact is that. The planet they go to on Baraka is the planet where Cal Kestis from Jedi Academy lives originally and is yes. also taking apart the same shit. Wow. So there's the game connection as well, too, because Disney doing what they're supposed to be doing, writing that stuff. So, yes, uh, 7D and I, we actually got to watch it uh, late Friday. That was a good time. Uh, 
you know, we hadn't been able to do anything like that in a while. So we enjoyed it and we're breaking everything down. But there wasn't a lot to break down in this one. It was a straightforward episode. I did really like that we finally got the the culmination of the, the wrecker. Yeah, finally the chip. That, yes. that did that did come to fruition. Um it didn't go as bad as we were thinking it was going to. Uh no. But it was really it was really great. Uh we got to see Rex for a hot minute. Um, it ended up being him in that uh, that hologram uh, working with. I can't think of the new girls' names. I always forget them because they're so new. No, the uh, the twins or not the twins, but the sisters. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from the prior episode, but uh, you know they they get the inhibitor chips out eventually. They work that out. It was really neat what they did with Wrecker with that. Uh, he definitely it clicked and it went into this like real like horror esque kind of scene for mm-hmm. how that played out, which was he was kind of hunting them and stuff like that. It was really good. Um, but man, oh man, like what a, what a, what a great episode. You know, the, the last one was really good as well too. Um, but just to finally have the inhibitors out, which has always been a thing because really crosshairs has his in, which I think still there's going to be potential for, it's going to be one or two things. Either he's going to have full redemption or Omega is going to become, I said, Omega, or she is going to become the crosshair because she's using the bow. Clearly she's force sensitive. Uh, There's some things going on there as well too. So. There, this could play out in either way. We still have almost ten episodes left. Yep. Um, but man, I, I tell you, like, I, I this episode made it more than anything because anytime you get a a, a a drop of a character that you know is beloved or a crossover or whatever, gets you extra excited. Rex is that kind of character. Rex has been a lot of things from for for uh, Star Wars for them. He's he's not like a Vader status, we'll say, but in in certain ways, he is like one of those characters that has been in a lot of Star Wars media and has been threaded through and can continue through. We could still theoretically even see him maybe on his deathbed in Mando, but I, I mean, I doubt it, but like he he's now canon in Return of the Jedi, so that's mm-hmm. all really exciting. So uh, at the end of the episode, of course, you saw the um, people, like the, the security or whatever, like called in, say, hey, we got these guys here. Look, let the Empire yep, know. Yep, yep, and then, you know, Rex walks off in the uh, uh, distance, hopefully to do something cool with uh, Ahsoka, but Again, real straightforward episode. There wasn't a lot of like, I, you know, I didn't see a lot of crazy Easter eggs or things that I caught. I haven't watched anything or followed anything. It's been a crazy week, but um, I'm sure Ryan Airy out there has broken some great things down. I got to <laughs> catch up to it because I'm always going to name drop that dude. He's awesome. He does great work for us. But um, yeah, it was just a good episode. And, and I honestly, I'm excited for the next one. I just, I feel better now. The chips are out. We don't have to worry about record going super crazy because that was my concern is that he's going to go crazy and do some crazy stuff. Yeah. And then we're going to lose that character because if he's not your favorite character, of the bad batch, you're an asshole. Probably. Yeah, no, I, I thought like I love the the scene, especially at the beginning of the episode where a record and Omega, they go get the snack after their mission. Yeah. It's, it's that post mission yeah. tradition. Yep. yep. That's... And, uh, you know, that really builds up their 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 relationship, their friendship. Mm-hmm. And to see that like put to the test before, you know, thank God Rex was present there to uh, to subdue Wrecker. Uh, that was a, that was it was a sweet episode, man. Like I said, I love the 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 relationship that Omega's building with this team. She's really starting to fit in, and it's really made things enjoyable. And yeah, that was a that was a a really really good episode in terms of like character development. Solid episode. So, uh, just always as always, can't wait for more. Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about that uh, in the coming weeks ahead. We have uh, yeah, what is that episode seven? So there's sixty nine episodes Two left. Weeks. Nine episodes left. That's it, dude. All right, let's move on to the final topic in the evening, and that is Loki, episode two. Uh, speaking of Rex, well, let's say Blanco says, speaking of Rex, there's a rumor that Tamura Morris, uh, Morris is, is rocking a beard. That would be interesting if he does a live-action version of Rex somehow. So, yeah. 
All right. Loki episode two, Tone. Oh, man. We got to sit down and watch it today. We, we enjoyed episode one. It was a good place setter. Um, but episode two, up the, up the ante a little bit, we, got a, we finally found out who uh, they're chasing, uh, the Loki variant. We uh, originally thought it was in the first last week. I think we we thought it was. Um, what do you think it was? You had a. a we guess. kept saying I, I was thinking like it was a Kang or Kang, like yeah. You know the Mephisto thing was kind of a, a stretch, but um, it, you know we don't know if Kang isn't, you know, is or isn't involved still necessarily. But you know, um, yeah, that was a it was a really good episode. I thought it was a, a really strong episode, and you mentioned it before the show. This is again. The, the highlights right now is just Tom Hiddleston being able to command the screen. He's he this this Loki is more fleshed out than most of the Lokis we've seen, in my opinion, in the Marvel movies. I mean, the focus is more on Loki here. Definitely um, good focus. Yep, and you get to flesh him out a little bit more, and then the relationship between him and Mor- Mobius is really really good. Him and Owen Wilson have really good chemistry on screen, and again, we got to kind of see uh the remorseful side of loki there was a couple scenes especially where he um learned about the uh, the the fate of asgard with ragnarok and, and what have you so there was some some really good moments there but um yeah we got to find out who the uh the variant is and as you know kind of what people were kind of thinking is is it's lady yoki or lady yoki lady loki yeah yeah so your thoughts on that now well actually should we bring on gara uh, we can do that now, actually. Yeah, let's Definitely. bring let's on Lady Megara. I think I have it figured out, you guys. Because I think we can we can handle this. We're going to bring on Meg. We're not going to be able to. Megara. Now, you guys may know Megara as the meanest of Among Us players. She is the one that kills me every fucking time. She's, uh, she's the imposter. So I'm going to do my best to be nice. Orgel <laughs> and mature. So we're going to bring on Megara. See if this works. I think I got it. Megara? Yes, I can finally hear you here. There you go. Did I get it to work? Is it working? Did I get it to work for the first time ever without issue? I'm so proud of you. I am That's so proud of you. That's the only time you're going to hear me say that to you, but I'm know. so proud of you. I know. Well, now, now it doesn't mean anything, and I just know you're mocking me in some way. So. No, you know what? I won't kill you for the first two matches first. Oh, you're so sweet. You're also a liar. Yes. Filthy, filthy liar. She's no. like Loki. She's the goddess of mischief. She's yeah. a fucking liar. Fucking liar. Listen. I got ears. Loki, I got sharp ears, bae. too. <laughs> my bae. But, uh, Meg, we want to get your thoughts uh, on Loki episode two. What do, what do you think so far? Okay, so Loki, like, I know you guys know I'm a huge MCU nerd. Okay. Like, I dig into the lore of all the movies, and they're killing it with these TV shows. Just they are killing it. And it kind of kills me a little bit that they're saying you don't necessarily need to watch this for the movies. But what I really like with this series is they're really digging in to that Loki that is coming straight off of the first Avengers movie. We don't have that kind of buildup that gets us all the way to end game. We don't see that kind of change in his character. Right. Until he sees those kind of flashbacks from the first episode. So he's still in his, I play on Loki's team. I play on my team. Right. And I feel like you can tell he totally doesn't fully trust the other him because he knows it's him. He knows himself. He's he's still cocksure, full of himself and everything, too. He's like, <laughs> obviously, that's a lesser me. 
And I think seeing the Lady Loki, he instantly told the differences between him where he does. He talked about his illusion magic. And then he looked at this and he's like, nice enchantment. So there's a difference between yes. the enchantment and the magics that they have. Yeah. So he just, he instantly pegged that. And I don't know if you guys noticed with Lady Loki, uh, her horns, there was the left horn broken, which is a callback to the comics. Lo, um, Loki, Agent of Asgard. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yep, it's actually, that's, um, I was talking to a friend about that too. Uh, it's canon in the comics. So it was the younger Loki. He wears the same kind of horns on there, just like that's in the picture behind you guys too. But he wears the same horns in there, uh-huh. and that left one is broken. Interesting. Really? See? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... So there's there's little pullbacks from that, but also Lady Loki in the comics wasn't technically uh, her own Loki. It was like the soul of Loki uh, in Sif. So this Loki in the show is her own entity. Or is she? Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't kill my Loki. That's what I'm saying. Or is she? Like I, I you know. No, you know, and I've heard I've I've seen some things where they're saying, you know, enchantment, so they're trying to do callbacks to like the enchantress. And no, I'm sorry. That's there's too much because the enchantress is just all about Thor. I need Thor to love me. I need this, this, this. Right. No. This this one, she's like, nah, I got shit to do. I don't, I don't need you. Like, yeah. I, I got my own stuff to do. Where she even tells him at the end, she goes, it's not about yeah, you. Yeah, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting. I felt like that kind of put Loki in check, too, when she said that. She's like, this ain't about you. And I think that's kind of why he went after her towards the, at the end, because he wants to know what it's about. Mm-hmm. If it's yeah. not about me, what the fuck are you talking right. about? I want to know. Yeah, because he's like, cards on the table. This is what I want to do. And, right. You know, she's like... After eight to ten seconds thinking about it, no, I don't want to work with you. No, I got my own stuff to do. Right. I'm in it for me. I got plans. Right. But she does keep that door open at the end because every other time they've walked through that door Closes. in TDA agents, immediately. Right. And that's when he goes through the door, it immediately closes. So she kept that open for him. Hmm. Hmm. Which, if you if you go back to the original trailer, or, like, the last trailer that they released before the show came on, like, uh, there was a scene where you see two people, one of them's Loki, and another is one with short blonde hair sitting down talking. Everyone thought for sure that that was uh, ScarJo. They thought that that was Black Widow. And I knew her. uh, I knew instantly it was not her. Because if we're talking, like, it's her from the Soul Stone, when she died from that, she had the long hair. And she never had, never really had short blonde hair. It was always short red hair. So I knew that wasn't her. But now I know this is a callback, and I think we're going to see it in the next episode. That's them talking. So, and I'm really interested to see where those reset charges went, too. Yeah, well, when they showed the, um, when they showed the, uh, the timeline, because it showed, mm-hmm. like, where all the branches were forming, there were multiple spots. Um, Titan was one of them. Titan yep. is where one of them went. Oh, um, yeah, Titan okay. went there. Uh, New York was a spot, um, mm-hmm. and and there was a year. And I want to say it was when the Avengers, when the first portal opened. And man, to recap, technically in their timeline, it would have been 2012 for New York. I think that's what it was. I think it was 2012. Yep. Uh, correct me. If, uh, but there was Titan. Yep. There was another planet to a B or something. I can't remember what it was. It it went by fast, but you can go back and want, I, I want to do that now. You can go back and look. There are multiple places that stood out. I remember there was Titan. New York, and there was one more spot. 
that stood out. I was like, fuck, I know that's from an episode. It was another planet. Oh, what's the planet um they go to for the Soul Stone? Oh, um, um where Red Skull is or whatever his name is. Um Oh my God! Why is it beginning of the V or something this. like that? I want to say Vormir. Vormir, yes, Vormir. Vormir. That, that's yep. that's on the list. Vormir popped up. That's on the list. Jail. That's a good point. Jail. Soccer, soccer was, was on there. A lot of big events in the MCU. Yeah, Sakaar, that was from. If you uh, go back and watch Ragnarok. it, when the when the branches are forming, it tells you where they're opening. At. It's hitting actual MCU. Yes. Or like the actual MCU yeah. movie places. Oh fuck! That's, that's where they're dropping. Years. I didn't, I didn't notice that. So, yeah, there's some wild stuff going on where they show where those reset charges went. Yeah, and I was I was trying to explain it to my friend, too, because she was, she was just watching it with me, and she, the, all, you know, she happened to look up and saw all the little branches mm-hmm. going off, and I was like, no, you don't understand. When branches hit those red line, branches go off branches, and then branches off those branches, and it's just, no, you do not want that. So but the, this is exactly what any Loki does. Sokovia chaos. Inherently chaos. So this, I wonder if this is going to be something that's not fixable. And if this is the, this multiverse, is the multiverse of Venice, the danger, yeah. As if this is what they were trying to avoid. And this is what starts. This is, MCU is starting their multiverse by way of mischief, mischievous actions. Yep. Oh, shit. Yeah. Because I mean, you look. I mean, we saw in the first episode, you know, when when all those branches were forming, it said it was it was like a, what was it was Nexus disaster or it was something weird. Uh, yeah, it said it's a multiverse danger. It, it, it creates a Nexus point, and then it created the multiversal war. Um, and you know, I I can see that because they also said that every Loki was always just there in the timeline to make others be their better selves. Hmm. And. Some deep stuff right there. Yep. <laughs> Listen, when I get into my MCU lore, I am hardcore nerd here. Like I've told Tone, I need to start my own podcast because I was gonna write like a 500 page thesis on this stuff. Like oh, I, shit. I have thoughts and in, into the philosophy yeah, it's, it's of the thinking of characters. <laughs> yeah, that was dope. Yeah, and Jay Hill mentioned Sokovia was another spot where one of those mm-hmm. reset charges were set. So I mean, I mean, we know the reset charges, the range in those things isn't terrible. Like what we saw when they went to that um the Ren Fest, which was hilarious, yep. by the way. They're at a Ren Fest, and they're in that tent. You know, the reset charge was a was was wasn't too huge. They couldn't reset the entire. It was just that instant, unless it's the just the the instance of the area. But are these gonna be more specific spots? So if they're in Sokovia, if they're in New York, where specifically does he want to drop one of these reset charges? Yeah, I mean, because if they drop it right on Stark Tower when that portal's opening, who knows what could happen? If they drop it right on Sokovia when, because I see Jay Hill mentions it, Wanda could be a Nexus level being. You know, they drop it right on top of Tone or right on top of Wanda. Like, mm-hmm. man, that's interesting. Tone, you thought WandaVision would lead into Doctor Strange looking more like Loki as a big point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, right now, if you yeah. compare those yes. two things, I mean, yeah. obviously the ending of WandaVision alludes to something some connection to yeah, this plus she's, she's in that she's in multiverse of madness right right you're right but you know the events that happen there might be triggered by what's going on here right because she was able to hear voices from her son in like a different type of either multiverse dimensional whatever maybe she can't access it maybe she knows through the dark hold that there's potential for it but maybe by way again of these actions now she'll have access to that 
Wow. Well, and also, if you're thinking about the new Doctor Strange title is Multiverse, you yeah. know, Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness. Of Madness yeah. Right now, if you're going by the beginning of Loki, you know, there's uh, the timeline. There's, you know, the grand timeline where that's all one. So where is this multiverse going to come from, especially if what the Avengers are supposed to do was already predestined and preplanned? So you need a multiverse to have the next Doctor Strange movie. So I just wonder if they're going to throw that in there and maybe give a nod right. to Loki. You're not saying anything at all because well, Doctor Strange is familiar with his Loki, you know, with Loki and his magic. Keep in mind, so, though, too, that um, in, in Endgame, they didn't use the multiverse. They used the quantum realm, which is technically two different things too, in a, in a it's way. true, but uh, but the Sorcerer Supreme did talk to Hulk about it, uh, mm -hmm. showing off. Oh yeah, those she showed off the timeline when she flicked that thing and talked yeah. about the branch and things like that. So yep. the ancient one definitely understands yep. some of that. Tricky as well, just too. said that the ancient one talked about mm -hmm. with, uh, with mm -hmm. Banner. Mm -hmm. So yeah, damn, there it is. And a lot of good stuff. So Sorcerer Supreme already knows all about it. Yeah, she knows what's going on. She knows some bullshit's happening. Uh, it was it was a wild episode. Is there anything else that stood out to you, Meg? Anything else uh, that you, that you really enjoyed specifically? Any certain scenes that you were like, "Oh, that's a good scene." You know, I'm just I'm really I'm really happy they brought in the Lady Loki because everyone is just kind of going like, "Oh my God, they're actually going to do it!" And it's like this isn't a new thing for Loki. Like they announced it a while ago, but like this isn't a new thing for Loki to be kind of gender fluid with magic right. or just the way they are. Right. So I'm just I'm really happy that they're bringing that in. And I'm really happy to see the acting with everyone on it because Man. it's really hard to imitate another actor. So, you know, we've got Lady Loki needing to be Loki-esque, yep. but not copy Tom Hiddleston. But then when she's using her enchantments, you need those actors to mimic that Loki, too. Right. You got to so, have some of those mannerisms. Yeah. And I'm just I'm loving the level of acting. And also, Loki, I, I'm really digging Owen Wilson as a silver fox. So that's just gotta put that out there. <laughs> that's fair. He is fine as a silver fox. So I, I agree with you. I in fact I just I really love the dynamic between uh Mobius and and, and Loki. And uh, Jay Hill actually mentioned it. Um he said something down here before. There's a couple oh yeah, he said his favorite scene is um shit, man, this thing moves so weird. Sorry, Jay Hill. Let me get this for you here. Uh favorite scene, Loki and Morbius talking about um their reasons for living and their origins. There's been some oh, really good scenes when they yeah. sit down and they have their conversations and, and, and he also mentions, mentions the, uh, yeah, riding a jet ski at some point in this show, Owen Wilson's going to be riding on a jet ski. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, I love because you just see Loki, you see Loki start to do that character growth that we saw over the span of all these, all these movies, especially in Ragnarok. So we kind of see it happening to this Loki that it hasn't happened to. And I'm just really happy with how the direction they're going in there. Also, mm -hmm. they are completely trying to fix everything that the Russo brothers messed up in their movies. I have a hate relationship with them, but they are fixing those mistakes. And I'm so happy. <laughs> I can, I can tell, I can sense that. I, I, I actually, I think you sound more happy about this than you do stabbing me in the back. Uh, when I'm the yes, last person. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love I love the MCU oh. and I love Loki more than I love stabbing you in Among Us. I, I that was really hard to believe it's at weird. one point, but I, I can I think I, I can know, pick right? up on it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Miguel, we seriously appreciate you calling in. We appreciate your insight. Like I said, there's some stuff there that you brought up that I think I missed. I think a tone missed. And uh, <laughs> hard, right, Cherry, it's hard to believe. But, yeah, she actually enjoys this more than killing me uh, immediately in a match. But, uh, Meg, no. we appreciate the hell out of yeah. you. You're a big part of the community, and we love when you can hang out with us, especially when – even when you play among us to some degree. Uh, yeah, I'll no, be there. Be there. <laughs> we appreciate you. And thank you so much for calling in. And seriously, anytime you want to talk about Loki, you know, you can call in. Oh, any, any Loki, any MCU, you got me there. I, I'm, I will expound everything. I will blow your minds. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Thanks for calling in, hon. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> See you later. I would also say, that my highlight of the actual episode, you know what it is. Oh, the drink of choice. Sitting in front of Owen Wilson, apparently I didn't, must have missed in the first episode, he was drinking a Jasta soda. <laughs> Tone in the 90s, still going to uh, you know junior high, high school, would stop at the gas station in his local uh, boondocks town and uh, pick up a granola bar and a Jasta soda. And that would be my morning. I fucking saw that, and I about threw myself. What are the flavors that are mixed in with the Jasta is, soda? Is, is, is it is a is a guava, guava lime, guava lime, or something like that? Like, yeah, just remember that was a big thing. It had the panther on it. My God, and I I'd get them in the twenty ounces, not the cans. Oh, you get the big ones. Get the yeah, the twenty ounce uh, twisty man. Fuck, I couldn't believe when I saw that shit in my pants. <laughs> yeah, he had he had one in the first episode. Um, I think when he's when he's when he's sitting out with Loki in that room and they're going over the video, yeah. he has a Jasta in front of him I there. I can't believe I fucking didn't miss that. But I guess <laughs> when you're in the timeline, you can do that kind of shit. So, um, but overall, again, uh, I said it right out the gate. Um, this is Tom Hiddleston centerpiece, which is great. Um, him and Owen Wilson again have great great chemistry as well too. Uh, but man, Tom Hiddleston is he's a charismatic guy. He can do do all kinds of different range with his char- charisma. Um, and it's pretty amazing. And, and I know people always say, like, in Ragnarok, he really grew as a character. I actually debate that a little bit and say the real girl started for me in Thor Dark World. And not a lot of people like that movie. I'm one of the rarities. I understand why people don't like it, and that's fine. I actually like Thor Dark World. Um, but Loki had some really good growth there as well, too. Mm-hmm. So. No, I'm really digging this so far. Where do you rank this so far, the first two episodes? How do you compare this to, like, WandaVision and, uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I mean, in terms of, like, your enjoyment, in terms of, like, the lore and the story that they're telling, engagement, stuff like that. This is – man, this is, re- this is really different. Uh, I – too early to tell. Too early to tell, okay. Um, and as much as I really love the easy – of telling a story of the Captain Winter Soldier, WandaVision by far is still out there for me. WandaVision, I, I just, I absolutely loved everything about that. There's series. more, there's more vibes of WandaVision in there's, this than there is obviously yeah, Falcon and the Winter sure. Soldier. But man, I gotta say, like WandaVision was like such a existential thing for me in a lot of ways. It was really a thinker, and that's what I really liked about it. And it was also very different. And McGarris says, you know, he grew after yeah, hearing his mom, his mom died for sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's. I think once he once he realized he's the responsible for that and he kind of, you know, and I think it was a mixture of that and seeing, you know, the infinity affinity stones being pretty much obsolete at that point. I mean, I feel like he's he realizes I've been chasing the wrong thing. I've been doing I'm I need to change things up. I'm uh, clearly the path I'm destined to go down is not the path I want to go down. I feel like that really kind of opens up his eyes a little bit and forces him to be like, I need to start thinking outside the box, so to speak come up with a different path but no it's a it was a good episode it was really really good we have four left 
Um, and that's going to lead into Black Widow. So it's, it's going to be hype. really, really exciting uh, for that to unfold. But um, no, I thought it was I thought it was a good episode, and I'm really excited to see where uh, where we go from here. But Tone, that's going to do it for tonight's show. It is. We, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really a show. A lot tonight. of good conversation, a lot of E3 coverage, a lot of tinfoil hat stuff going on with the uh, Blue Box Game Studios. I'm going to keep a close eye on that, and I suggest all of you do as well. Could be really interesting. Could be nothing. But that's the beauty of when it comes to the day of Kojima. You just don't know. Again, next week, Tuesday night, probably, most likely, going to be a stream of Dungeons & Dragons, Dark Alliance. Uh, we'll have four players. Tone. That'll be Tuesday night. Tricky Regent, Seven Dungeons, and myself. We're going to link up, do some co-op, check that game out. Should be a lot of fun. And then Wednesday night, Community Night returns, and we'll be playing Among Us with the 15-player lobbies. 15-player lobbies next Wednesday night. Right here on Twitch. Banter and babble. A full house. Bring your friends. Bring your family. Hopefully, we'll fill up before McGarra gets on. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have too many people. Yeah. Too many people. Um, Zach Dynamite, thank you so much for uh, dropping in with that raid, man. We appreciate that support. Yeah, good tinfoil hat discussion tonight, dude. If you get a chance, go back, watch the uh, the VOD. Good conversation about what's going on with Blue Box Games. Keep an eye on that, you guys. I'm serious. It's pretty wild. Uh, I know we didn't get a chance to talk about the platform tonight, which I was really wanting to talk about. Yes. We had a lot of E3 stuff to cover, so in two weeks, platform will be on there. We may have a couple other movies. It might be a heavier movie episode then. Well, platform will have that uh, Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. I believe that'll be out by the time we do that show, too. Yeah, so we, we've got some things on the rise. It might be a little bit heavy movie, and we'll kind of recap uh, a little bit, maybe Dungeons & Dragons so far at that point yep. as well, too. Um, and hopefully the Blue Box Studio announcements as well, too. So, um, as always, if you can, if you love what we do, whether you're on video, uh, Spotify, iTunes, make sure to like, love, subscribe, share, leave comments, uh, follow if you haven't. Uh, please share us with anybody you know, even if it's one person that might enjoy our content. Please let them have a taste of B&B, Banter and Babble, Dude79, and myself, yours truly. Oh, Blanco wants to know when we're gonna get some more food reviews soon. Well, so yeah, we don't really have full on reviews except you know from the from the beer quest side quest. We'll have a little bit talking in there when that video drops. Uh, we'll share that with our community as well. Um, you know, half ass is part of the community actually. So, um, yes, we we definitely got some things in the horizon. Uh, in the next well, a couple months, we got a lot of us got busy summers right now uh but we'll we, make we're gonna for food we'll make time we're, we're we're gonna make some time so we're we're getting to it we got a lot of things planned in the future that's it that's it share love like sub all that good stuff you know what to do just send those uh, yeah we appreciate the support and you guys and girls being here every wednesday night is is fucking awesome and um is platform a newer movie or a game it's a it's 2019 movie 2019 on movie on netflix it's a you need to watch it cherry you, it's you need definitely to, you worth the conversation it. it's something we will so talk we about talk we about wanted to get cherry. it in tonight but we just couldn't with this with the, the amount of stuff we had to talk about but we will be talking about that in two weeks we're talking about the platform and whatever the hell else comes out so for fanboy tone i'm the dude 79 this has been another episode of Banter and Babble. We appreciate your support. We will see you next week for Banter and Babble Community Night Among Us, as well as some D&D Dark Alliance. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Be safe. Get drunk. Have a good time. Till then, have a good one.